What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. That's great, it starts with a handshake, pens and papers and no shame. Jay Bruce is not afraid. Eye of a hurricane, listen to yourself. Turn owners serve their own needs. Players lose their own needs. Free us from the rock, free fun, no swing. You are now locked into the Palazzo Podcast. Govier is back from Vegas. He's going to break down his main event draft and the Midnight Madness Spectacular. Join Christopher Deary and Govier as they talk about the drafts in detail. What were the hits? What were the misses? What were the doozies? And what were total trash? You're going to hear about Vegas, the NFBC, and the Bellagio, and everything, including Govier sleeping on a floor. That's right. No stone goes unturned on this episode of the Palazzo Podcast. It's going to be a doozy. Take it away, boys! 12 o'clock, deadline hour, rich men, fight for power, slash I turn your turn. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Palazzo Podcast. We were off for last week. We did do the Prospect Show, me and Phil, but me and Deary haven't done a show in a minute, so it's great to be back on a Monday night, a special edition, return from Vegas. Here I am, alive and well. I survived the flight, Deary, both flights. They said it couldn't be done, but I did it. I flew by myself again. I hadn't done that in a while, and I'm uh, I'm growing. Look at me. I'm all grown up. Are you proud of me? I'm very proud of you, Michael. I was worried that you may not get on the flight. You would ditch it. I sent you <laughs> one I sent you one text before that. I'm like, you're going to massively regret it if you don't do this. So return to the Mac. The Mac is back in the state of Michigan, back in the mitten, my friend. It's good to have you back. Yeah, they said I couldn't do it, and I did it. I know people were stunned, but I'm excited about it. It was a great time. I'll talk all about it on today's show. We're going to cover a tons of stuff as quickly as we possibly can. We're going to do the Vegas tributes, tell you all about my main event and my Midnight Madness draft that I did, thanks to Mike the Mouth, who hosted that. That was a great time. There'll be plenty of shout-outs. We're going to cover some spring musings. We'll talk about... Draft secrets. Some exciting draft secrets coming up in the show. They'll be revealed to you by both me and Deary. Our stay away, which we, Christ, what was that, like three weeks ago we were going to do that? 
<laughs> We're still doing that. I've updated some of mine. I, I don't know if you updated any of yours. No, I, no, I didn't. I'm going to go with what I had three weeks ago. Who knows? These guys could be in uh, purgatory now. Who knows? That's right. That's true. And a return of Shiner Ride the Pine, which for those of you who have known the show since the beginning, the two L's, two Z's originals. Utah, give me two. We've done Shiner Ride the Pine every year we've done this show during the preseason leading up to the opening day. So we got to get some of our personal opinions on what's going to happen on this 2022 season. Will players hit their marks or not based on the projections? We'll do all that today, Deary. What do you think? I'm excited, especially Shine and Ride the Pine. That's a classic segment at the Palazzo Pot. So I'm excited. I'm excited to hear about Vegas, but let's dive in, man. We got limited time, unless we want to go four hours with everything you've been going that's been going on with you over this last week. So I want to hear about Because you are absolutely 100% right in everything that you're saying. That's true. Mm-hmm. You are right about that. Yeah, we got so much to cover today. Uh, but, Deary, how are you doing first? Uh, tell us how you're feeling about baseball and give us the update. Let everybody know how Chris Deary feels on March 27th, 2022. 28th. I'm, exci- I'm excited, man. We are right around the corner. I'm going to go on a quick vacation this week to Tennessee with a bunch of bozo friends. And then right when I come back, it'll be gearing up for baseball. Finish my last two home league drafts over the weekend. I'll talk about those a little later. Very specialty type head-to-head categories, which made prep and drafting very, very important. Prep, prep, prep before you draft. Prep, prep, prep before you draft. That's all I need to say. This is America. You don't make money. You're a fucking douchebag. Now what you gonna do? It's true. If you don't make that money, then you will not win money in fantasy. So we're all groans up here. But, you know, first things first, of course. First things first. That's what I'm saying. First things first. Thank you very much. Uh, I survived my flights, both of them. And, you know, I really didn't have that big of an issue with the deer. The first original flight, I guess, I was a little bit more nervous as it came to the moment. But getting a massage earlier that day really helped. I'm going to recommend people do this because... It was a full body massage, and it really relaxed me. I felt an honest-to-goodness, true change. Like, wow, I feel really good right now. I feel much more relaxed than I would have if I hadn't have done it. So, you know, the woman, like, jumped on me. Or she didn't jump on me, but she <laughs> she stepped on my back with those bars up top, walked all over yeah. my back, and she put her whole body into, the like, her knees and everything and really beat the hell out of me, so... I think it made a big difference, and I got nervous, but Leanne was there on the phone with me while I was standing there waiting to load in, and I did this as well. I don't care. I'm not, I don't even have that much money right now, but I paid extra for Delta Comfort, which gives you a little bit more room. It's not first class, but it provides you a little bit. Of, it's the basically the emergency area over there where you <laughs> so get you a little get bit out more if space. You need to. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 right. But no, <laughs> It's where you get a little bit more space and leg room, and you get... Mm-hmm. A lot, I felt a lot more comfortable. I was a lot more relaxed in those seats. Uh, once we took off and Leanne was on the phone with me and she kind of just disappeared because the phone disconnected as we took off into the air and that was it. And and then on the ride back, I didn't feel any type of nerves about it until about 10 minutes before we we're getting on the plane. Then for some reason, my heart got a little more racy. It started to jump up in beats, but I wasn't sure why because I felt really good about it. But I did that. And what got me through both flights, Deary, both of them, that's two. Utah, give me two. Is, for some reason, uh, playing uh, retro video games. I really got locked into some NBA Live 96 on my Sega Genesis. I started a season, <laughs> and I was Jeff. really, <laughs> I, I did the Miami Heat originally, and I basically added, like, every Michigan player that was still in the league, Ramil Robinson and 
Dwight Howard, Chris Webber, uh, Glenn Rice, of course. It was awesome. So I love Glenn Rice. Glenn Rice, one of my all-time favorite players, by the way. He had such a sweet stroke. He was a great, great shooter. Yeah, he was the man. I'm happy he ended up getting a ship later on in his career with the Lakers, but good for him. I'm glad he made it out there. I knew the emotional stakes were so high for you to get out there because you knew the experience that you were going to have, and you would be so let down if you did not go. Now, I got to ask you about this massage. They went in pretty deep, pretty hard, because uh, I've had one massage experience, and it was maybe one of the five worst experiences in my life. I, I, I was almost crying the whole time. Oh my God! That's they, terrible. They went, too, they went too hard. We did one of these couples massages in downtown Detroit years ago for our anniversary, like our dating anniversary. This was ten years ago or something like that. And uh, yeah, they went in too hard. I was just like grunting the whole time, I'm like, "Oh, this is awful." She's like, "Why do you, you tell relax. her to slow down?" I was. She's like, uh, "What kind of pressure do you want?" I'm like, "Oh, medium pressure." And then I was like, "This is way too hard." No, I was, I was telling her everything I could, but I think she was getting a kick out of it because Christina was giggling her ass off over it so i uh, i think the massage therapist kind of got a kick out of it so it was not for me what i don't did you say something or not well yeah i did and she lined it up but i it still was not comfortable for me that's very bizarre i'm surprised to hear that I, the one i had there on wednesday night she was very communicative about hey do you want more pressure less pressure is this okay although she didn't speak that great it was kind of broken english like this okay this okay i'm like yeah Oh, you have a I safe just do word? the thumbs up. That's all I had is a thumbs up. So this okay. is not a sexual experience. There is no safe words. Don't you dare besmirch just, the reputation of quality masseuses around the country who are doing good quality give, work here. I to give you two. Just give that's right. Two, two. Just, no thumbs up. Just two. Utah. That's right. Give me give two. Me two. So uh, that helped, and uh, we'll talk about Vegas momentarily. But there's so much other stuff to cover today. So. I suppose we should get into all that, but I'm really proud of myself for flying to make it all by myself. Right, Jasper? Look at me. I'm all grown up now. Front seat, Mom. I sit in the front seat now. I'm a big comfort boy. Class. Comfort class. <laughs> that's right, comfort class. I sit in the front seat now. Jasper says, two L's, two Z's. Great to see you, Jasper. How are you, my friend? How are your drafts coming along? By the way, I posted something, and this will get into the business time here, so we might as well I'm bringing the Flay of the Concords back for business time. We've got so much business to cover. Let's start with this. Are you guys drafting right now? Do you have your big home league drafts coming up? Have you done them? Uh, Deary, have you done your home league draft yet? Yeah, we just did them over the weekend. I had one on Saturday, one on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Luke texted uh, me uh, last night. He's like, dude, you know anything about anything? And I was sleeping because I took the red eye back from Vegas on Saturday night. Sunday morning, so I, w- I totally missed it. But. I, I will say Luke made one mistake. He did not keep Salvador Perez when you're keeping 12 players, so Salvador Perez ended up going second off the board to Tim. Not the biggest, uh, not the most egregious thing that happened because somehow George Springer was not kept in our league, so I was texting wow. with a couple guys in their league, and I'm like, I think some of these guys in their league have no fucking clue what they're doing. Um, I will say Luke, Luke, <laughs> Luke had Luke had a decent draft. He did have some foibles go on early, some type of internet issues, and uh, his first pick was auto drafted. So he's like, "Fuck this, I'm auto drafting the rest of the way." But I actually think he ended up having an okay draft, and projections see that he's uh, probably going to be within the top six of our league of fourteen. Really? Wow. Well, yeah, I did get a piece. Of the anger in one text saying, you know, fuck all this shit. So I get that's probably when that happened in that moment. But that's okay. Don't worry, Luke. Don't be too hard on yourself. Jasper says, do good, bro. One last draft with them guys from RTB on the third. And that makes four total this year. Good for you, Jasper. That's a healthy dose. Not too much. Not too little. 
Erdio says, good to be here. What's up, man? Woohoo! Where do we at, everybody? Uh, we'll talk more about that momentarily. I want to let you guys know, we've got the Discord. It's free. We've got the Patreon, which you can choose the level you want to be at. We've got 10 patrons already. That's fantastic. I'm really happy about that because I didn't think we'd get any response at all. So the fact that 10 of you are paying to be a part of the Palazzo Experience, I'm very grateful for that. And if you're asking yourself, what are the bonuses? What else do you get? Well, when I came back from my main event in Las Vegas, I shared a video about the experience, the drafting experience mainly. That was exclusive to Patreons only. And I shared my main event draft board with the results of my team and the whole board exclusively to patrons. So there are benefits. And there's also seven, seven bonus channels on the Discord that are exclusive to patrons. We're talking player analysis, first-year player draft questions, prospect questions. Uh, You want to talk about your draft or your lineups? Those are going to be the lineup one. That channel will be the most useful and most popular, I think. And you're going to want to be having access to that how do you do it you sign up palazzo podcast patreon two l's two z's you know the drill go to the twitter handle if you want to start there you can find the link you can also go to the discord which also has a link at our twitter page i'll drop the links in the live chat here once again we're really trying to make that grow the discord is free but there are bonuses like i said so get your asses in there because we want to get everybody participating i get so many people have been dming me dearie uh even today a lot of people today i I made my debut on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel today with Jeff Erickson and Todd Zola, and I got a bunch of DMs, people asking me questions about their teams, keepers, uh, should I trade draft picks, all kinds of cool stuff, and it just is so much. But I think if you people who are interested in asking those types of questions join the Discord, you'll benefit from it, right, Deary? Because we got a lot of people in there. So if you don't want to just ask me or Deary these types of questions, you can get feedback from all the other Discord members simultaneously. Discord is huge because you get a whole community of people that can chatter back and forth. Uh, you're going to get experts that aren't just myself and Mike over there. Um, I'm really excited about our Patreon as well. Um, there's some head-to-head stuff, specifically stuff that has to do with like specific categories that you might be playing in OPS leagues. I play in a holds league. I play in a K per nine league. Who are these guys that you need to be targeting? I, I, I just had a, a, a draft last night where we have holds, we have K per nine, we have quality starts. Totally different way to draft. Um, as we were going through these boards, I was just surprised that people were just completely kicking relief pitching down the road when it's such a huge, huge asset to have five to six relievers on your team because they're going to contribute in many, many different categories. So I'm ready to throw that stuff out on Patreon. Everybody get in there. We'd be super excited, especially the Discord, a great way to connect with people. And there's a lot of questions as we're only, what, like 12 days away from from opening day. And as opening day... Yeah, as opening day hits, I mean, there's still people are still drafting. There's still some free agents moves that could still happen. Michael Conforto is still out there. Uh, and then we're looking at what's going on with spring training. What are some of the, the battles that are going on? Who's going to make who's going to make the team? Who's gonna, some of these prospects, you know, Julio Rodriguez, the two Tigers studs. Are these guys going to be up? Are they not going to be up? So many other people are out there looking for that information that you need. And we mm-hmm. can provide that to you. Because you are absolutely 100 percent right in everything that you're saying. Could have said it better myself. Well said, Deary. Also, uh, Charlie here was talking about the double deuce drafts, salary cap league. This was created by Phil, our prospects guru, who we love dearly. And I want you guys to get involved in this if you can. It's going to be on fan track. So if you want to find out more about it, hit up Phil on Twitter, Phil of Sports, P-H-I-L, okay? And get 
some more information about it. It's not just an, a salary cap or what people would call auction leagues. It's much more than that. It's much different, and it's got some fun DFS elements where you can set specific labels on players like closer or my uh, my slugger in the four spot, cleanup hitter, and there's bonus points for those as well. It, it's really cool, and Phil came up with it himself, so I think you guys should check out the Under the Cap Salary League on fan tracks. That's going to be a good time. And if it isn't, well, then I guess uh, I'll take full responsibility. What do you think, Deary? Should I take uh, the fall for this one? No, no, not at all. I don't no, if you're upset to. by it, it's not anyone's fault but their own. <laughs> you can't blame around. other people. I'm not drinking hey! because someone asked me to drink. I'm drinking because I would love to drink. <laughs> Yeah, in the end, I mean, shit, it's up to you guys. You do what you want to do. Make it happen. Jasper says, hiya, Charlie. Oh, you guys are talking on the sidetrack here. I won't interrupt. I'm going to drop more stuff in the live chat here as we continue forth, but there's so much other business. Again, thank you to Jeff Erickson for getting me on the Fantasy Sports Serious channel today. That was so cool, man. And I had people who DM me, like Patrick Ryan, who I'll talk about in a little bit, who's a big Palazzo guy. Love him. And he said he heard, his buddy heard it live. I thought it was very cool. So... Thank you, Jeff Erickson. I hope that's the first of many more opportunities for myself on the Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio channel. Russell, what up, dude? There you are, buddy. Shout out to Russell. There you go, Russ. Just for you, my man. Good to see you, my brother. Russell also has his own secret Discord channel on the Palazzo Discord. It's a, it's called Russell's Armchair Advice Dungeon. I believe that's what it's called. So <laughs> It's wordy, but I'm sure it's fantastic. It is wordy, but it's... Uh, got, Russell knows his shit. He has his own website, armchairroto.com. Go there. He knows how to play this game. In fact, he's got his own main event draft coming up this weekend. He's got the number one overall pick, so we'll see what he does in the main event. And also has the benefit of seeing other people that already drafted in mains in real time. So, good for you, Russell. Maybe I should have done that. Maybe I should have skipped Vegas and just waited. It would have been better for me as a player because I wouldn't have had to deal with the reality of the moment, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Either way, I'm excited for this, and I know that you guys love fantasy baseball, and that's why you listen to the Plaza Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Two Give me two. Uh, some reason the business time song turned into a different song. Sorry about that. Uh, oh, my God. There's too many things going on here, Derry. What's happening? There's too much happening at once. All right. Let me finish the business, or this is going to drag out for years. Uh, Palazzo Invitational is still open. We're trying to fill League 6 still. If you have not signed up or drafted in the Palazzo Podcast Invitational, there's still spots left in the final league we're going to close it at six but we got to finish this league six we got to close it out so please help us do that by signing up the link is in the bio of our twitter handle palazzo podcast two l's two z's so head on over there you'll see the link in our bio and you can sign up fifty dollars draft and hold do or die minimal commitment no fab what else can i say dearie what else can i get them to do to sign up yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty damn easy. There's not much to do after you uh, draft your team. You just draft, you hold, and you watch. See what happens. See? It's not that hard. Please do it. We'd love to get that League 6 filled. So it's open right now, and it's going to be open until opening day, so you still have time. Palazzo Podcast Invitational in our Twitter bio. All right, so let's get to the shout-outs. Uh, <laughs> these are Vegas shout-outs. Uh, Deary's seen the document. How many names have I written here? Um, Too many. Too many. There's no... I mean... <laughs> Okay, I'm just gonna get into this right now, real quick, because it, I'm at. It, 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 it looks like a roster for the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Yeah, it does look like a football roster. 
I didn't know what to get into or what I would see when I got to Vegas. And I got bombarded with so many people. It was overwhelming, but it was super cool. And I thought I handled myself pretty well because kind of like first pitch when I talked about, there's a lot of people came up to me and said, hey, I'm this person, and but they didn't have their Twitter handle. I associate so many people with their Twitter handles, Deary. And when they yeah, came up people, to me. People, yeah, I would say a lot of people's Twitter handles have nothing to do with their name. They change their <laughs> Twitter handle all the time and something goofy, something clever. So it, it's hard to put <laughs> two and two together sometimes. Yeah, it really is. So I tried to do the best I could with what I was given. Seeing people, asking them their names, trying to slow down the process. Because sometimes it would be like three people in a row. Like when I walked into a main event room that happened on Thursday, there was a draft going on. I saw Vlad Sedler. And then I saw Derek Butcher, who runs the events and is a big NFBC guy. He's a huge part of it. He makes the Palazzo Podcast Invitational possible. Shout out to Derek. And shout out to Vlad. And, shout out, and then like... And then I saw another guy right up there, like, bing, 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 boom. And I was like, blah, 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 blah. and it all happens very fast. And you also have to be quiet because there was a draft going on at that time. <laughs> so it's just, it was just bizarre. It was, it was, so you do the best you can. And as a newcomer and somebody who had a lot of people to meet for the first time because of COVID, COVID delayed everything. So all of the, these meetups kind of got built up into one moment. So. It sounds like you went to Bonnaroo in a library, but at Bonnaroo, everybody <laughs> wanted to talk to you. <laughs> it seems, seems overwhelming, but perfect is, for you. No, you would have loved it, Deary. You would have had a great time. This is perfect event oh, for you. Yeah. You belong at an event like this. You should definitely try to do it one year, even if you don't do the main event and you just want to come and hang out. And there's also other drafts and there's is other. It, is it somewhere besides Vegas? <laughs> um, No, not yeah, it's not. <laughs> Well, I will tell you this, by the way, I only lost 80 bucks, so I didn't really gamble that much at all, which is stunning for me. It is possible. I I only gambled for one session. Otherwise, I didn't do any gambling at all. But, so. Oh, no, I didn't expect you to go there and do much gambling. I mean, your focus was fantasy baseball. Yeah, but there's a lot of time. I mean, there's a lot of time. You're in casinos all day in hotels. It's, it's right there. So it's it was shocking to me because I've been to Vegas uh, how many times? Let's see, five times, and I've never gambled this little on a trip, but uh, it is possible, is all I'm saying. At any rate, here we go. I want to say thank you to Jeff Erickson, who I already did. I saw him in person. That was great. We talked for a few minutes. We'd also met at first pitch, so it wasn't our first time seeing each other. Uh, Justin and Danielle, Justin Mason and Danielle Salinger. Shout out to you guys. We had a great time. We had McDonald's when we got to Vegas around 2 a.m. on Wednesday night. All the restaurants in Vegas, we had to settle for McDonald's because it was the only place open. It was the only place open on Wednesday night in Vegas. They're having a really hard time hiring people. So just like us and everybody else, they can't, across the country. Yeah, they can't keep shit open. And Vegas is known for being open like all night long. That was not the case. But we had a great meal, and we spent a lot of great time together. Thank you, Justin and Danielle, for the uh, laughs and the introspection and just, you know, the time shared. We spent a lot of time on Thursday as well. And a little bit on Friday, and I saw him on Saturday, and that was it. So, good times. Uh, Eddie Gillis. Eddie Gillis is a great fucking dude. And shout out to Grant. And shout out to Dominique, who was part of Edward's crew. Edward had, like, his own entourage. It was fucking badass. Edward, you're the man. I'm so glad we got to meet in real life. We both share a special bond in our recoveries. So, I'm grateful to know you now. And... You're a really good, really good fantasy player. Uh, I met Vlad in real life. It was great to do that finally with Vlad. That was a long time coming. It speaks for itself. Uh, Mark Winoker, 
who is a really cool dude. Really friendly, really funny. He ran the Midnight Madness draft. I'll talk more about him. Love you, Mark. Uh, Jay Bird, who's been part of this show, he's been in our live chat many, many times. Jay Wanick, we met him in real life. He lives in the UP, dearie. So that was cool to meet a Uper who is in this big-time, big-money leagues. That was fun. Gotta love our Michigan brethren. Yeah. Rob Silver. There is a lot of us. Oh, there there was him. There was Tanner Bell, by the way, who gets... Really underplayed. He's the co-writer of The Process with Jeff Zimmerman. I met him. He lives right here in town. He lives in the Detroit area. And he doesn't get hyped up enough. He he co-writes The Process. That's a big book. A lot of people like that book. And he's well-respected. In fact, they were in my main event league, Bell and Zimmerman. They co-wrote a book together. They co-owned a main event team. So I talked to Tanner, and he was a fan of the Drew and Mike podcast. We talked about that. That was random. Very cool dude. Very great guy. Uh, God, Jaybird, I said that. Rob Silver, I met at first pitch, but I still great to see you again, Rob. Tanner, uh, Curtis, I hadn't met Curtis before. Shout out to you, Curtis. Very good dude. Very funny. He's got a great voice. I like his style. A lot of energy. Anthony Gialdi gave me a t-shirt, the Kansas City Moose shirt he sent me last year, but he gave me a brand new one. He even has my Twitter handle on the sleeve. And he's just, Anthony's such an entertaining guy. He's so cool and upbeat. He's from the Kansas City area. I really loved your vibe, Anthony. I can't say enough good things about you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Fish, finally met John Fish in Wisconsin. Love you, Fish, of course. Brock from the west side, Brockness Monster. I got to meet him for a little bit. He had the mustache and everything. He was outstanding. Jason DuPont is from Boston. He is a really, really high-energy dude. He plays in big, big money leagues. If you want to hear a great episode of the High Stakes Heat Pod that Dave McDonald and Jake Hallisker do. I learned how to say Jake's name, by the way. It's Jake Hallisker. I didn't I know. I got it wrong. Halusker for some reason. Like, yeah, well, like, that's what dude, right? <laughs> that's what I thought, and I learned uh, on Saturday because uh, Greg, who Greg Ambrosius, who runs NFBC, he gave a speech. It was talking about Jake Halusker, and then the guys made fun of it afterwards because it's Jake Hallisker. So, which actually flows a lot better, Hallisker, Mister Hallisker. But. Uh, Christ, where was Yeah, Jason DuPont was on a great episode of theirs that you should definitely hear. If you go back and check out the High Stakes Heat podcast. You'll learn all you need to know about Jason. Really funny dude. Also a great player. Brian Vogel, met him in real life. That was so great. He's such a down-to-earth, cool dude. Zach Waxman himself is buff and ripped. He's got massive delts and traps. Man, Zach is a badass. Also a really cool dude. We're going to see a Jays game this summer. Dave Shovin here is another local guy. He lives right about 20 minutes from me, dear. He's in the Detroit area. And he's the guy in the first made event who took Hader and Hendricks in the first two picks. <laughs> Top yeah. two, dearie. Amazing. That's pretty hardcore. So he's also a really down-to-earth, low-key guy and works at NBC Sports Edge. No many people know that. Dave Chauvin, follow him. He's a good dude. Uh, I met Geis, another Michigander. Geis is a badass boy. He's a burly, badass dude. Lives right here in the area again. So cool to meet him. He taught me a lot about the party and everything, about the history of the party that Mike the Mouth threw at the Bellagio Suite on Friday night. Uh, Scott Jenstad, who was in my main event league. Great to meet you in person, Scott. You're a really cool dude. They call him Striker now, thanks to the War Dog, who I met in real life. The War Dog calls him Striker. So henceforth, we all call Scott Jenstad Striker. That is the new thing going forward. Also met the War Dog in real life. Sorry, Michigan didn't win. By the way, yeah, that was a... That was disappointing, Deary. Michigan gave it a good ride there, but they've lost in the Sweet 16 to the team that's in the Final Four now. So I checked out as soon as Michigan lost. I haven't watched a game the rest of the tournament. Once Duke beat State, I'm like, Duke's going to win it all. It's it's stupid. Yeah, Michigan missed a bunch of bunnies and free throws. They they weren't good enough to win that game. <laughs> it was 
yeah, it was disappointing. But I also felt like, yeah, it was a good season. They really should have been there in the first place, right? So, hey, it was a bonus that they were even in the Sweet 16. Five straight uh, years in the Sweet 16. No Big Ten team has ever done that. Yeah, did you see the last 10 years, that graphic they showed during the game? They're, like, second or third in tournament wins in the last 10 years? Yeah, they were, yeah, they were second. Yeah, so... That's a beeline third or fourth now, but yeah, that's the beeline to Howard uh, exchange there. Yeah, that's impressive. Good for them. Yeah, way to go. Sorry, War Dog. I know you wanted him. War Dog lives in L.A. He was rooting for Michigan because it was one of his future picks. Uh, A guy named Errol came up to me on Saturday in the main event room and said, hey, I just want to let you know you don't know who I am. My name's Errol, and I really appreciate the things you say, and you're very honest. Uh, I don't know who he was other than his name's Errol, and I, I really appreciate what he said. Thank you, Errol. You're a very kind man you are. Uh, Dalton Del Don was in my main event league, and he loves pitchers. He was also a very friendly, easy-going, laid-back dude. I had a completely different concept of who Dalton Del Don was. It's so funny what our imaginations can create and conjure. When <laughs> we don't know people, we only know them through Twitter. It's, I guess I have a vivid imagination. I also thought Dave McDonald was like 24 years old. He's 38. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought Jake Hallisker was six foot four. He's not. He's like five ten. So, also is Paul uh, Sport seven feet tall, or is he only just like? He's close. He is close. He's very close. He was sat next to me in the main event because he had the 15th pick and I had the 14th. Uh, Jenny Butler, who I also met in first pitch, it was great to meet her and her uh, partner Eric. Really cool. They taught me a lot about gambling on baseball, which I don't not good at at all. But then. They really knew a lot. So thanks to you guys. Maddie Wood, Maddie Davis from the West Side. Sorry I didn't get that picture up sooner, Maddie, but you were everything I thought you would be. So much energy, a really cool dude who, he's just got that L.A. vibe, but he's moving to Chicago too, so now he's going to have that Midwest vibe mixed in with that West Side vibe. I can't wait to see how that plays out. Love you, Maddie. Um, I met Childs, who's a famous big-time winner in the past for NFBC. Thank you for giving me your time. The entire sweet crew, Dave McDonald, Jake Hellisker, Tony DiVincenzo. Those guys let me sleep on their floor. It's very kind of them, so thank you for that. Without you guys, I wouldn't have had a place to stay, so I, I really don't know what to say other than thank you very much. I'm grateful to you, and I owe you guys some money, which I will get to you promptly, so thank you. Uh, Vidara was a really nice place to stay. I'd never been there before. It's connected to Bellagio, so if you want to stay at a place that's a little less expensive, but you're right there in the mix, Vidara is an ideal place for all of you to land if you want to go to Vegas in the future. And uh, also the side note to Marcus and Phil, who were pals of those guys as well. They weren't staying with us, but they were part of the crew. Uh, Derek Butcher I met in real life. So glad I did that. You're one of the best moderators in the game when it comes to doing an auction draft or just running an NFBC live event draft. Derek's the guy you want. Shout out to Brady. He ran our main event as a moderator. You're no slouch, Brady. Of course, I enjoyed you. Paul Spore was next to me. I got to know Paul a little bit better now. Now I feel like I understand Paul and where he's coming from, who he is. He was shared a table together. I was the 14th. He was the 15th pick. We talked a little smack. We shared a few laughs. We talked tires, of course. We always do that. And it was fun. It was really cool. Uh, Matt Modica, I was really intimidated to meet you because your voice is so powerful and you seem like such an intense guy, but you were very laid back, very chill. Nothing as I imagined you might be. And I'm really grateful that we got to meet face to face. Dougie Roth from Glarf. Geary, one of our Glarf fellows, Doug Roth. He's a Chicago guy. He loves Alice in Chains. He's like the biggest Alice in Chains fan, even with the new singer, post Lane Staley. So I didn't know that, but now I do. I'm not yeah, sure how I, I feel had, about I had a kid who works for me the other day asked me if I was going to go see Alice in Chains this summer, and I was I was very confused. I, I, I mean, I knew <laughs> they had like a new singer or whatever, but I, I looked at him, I go, is Lane Staley still the lead singer? 
He looked at me with confusion. I don't think he knew that uh, Lane Staley was the singer before this new guy. Yeah, I don't think he did. He said, yeah. This kid's like 22 years old. I don't know. Oh, man, what a weird way to be introduced to Allison Chains. Good Lord. Uh, Jeff Zimmerman, uh, he actually talked to me and said hello. And co- he was cool with me. I, I just thought he, w- I thought he didn't like me at all, but he was very nice to me. So thank you, Jeff. I'm glad that we got to meet each other in real person, real time, and talk. Grateful to you. Thank you. Uh, Dustin McComas was in my main event league. Really cool dude. People said we looked like we're brothers. I kind of saw it. Uh, Semzel is a legend in the game. He gave me all this advice. He's won the overall in the main event. He's won big time money in NFC history. Thank you, Semzel, for your knowledge scott fleming you were really cool to me shout out to you scott phil i met the legend himself dearie phil do so he was there in person the master the ultimate money winner from last year he was Does there he just live. walk around with a jerry the king lawler fucking crown he was he was very laid back and very cool i i couldn't have I could have been more grateful for a few minutes with him. I just treat him like a regular guy because he is. Of course. He, he's yeah. taking, hey, sex spots. Oh, Yancey's checking in. Nice to see everyone. And I see Govi still has the post main event glow. Yes, I do. It's a lovely glow. <laughs> oh, Rogelio was Cuban Pete. <laughs> What's up, Rogelio? Man, I, I've never seen you on the show. So glad you're popping in here. He wants to know if Cuban Pete was there. He was not. Also, I'm here to say green and torque. We'll be heading north. Go Tigers. There it is. Green and Torque will be there on opening day. If you don't know Rogelio Castillo, please follow him on Twitter, Rajcast. He is the Tigers guru. If you don't know, nobody knows when it comes to the Tigers. And he says that both of the prospects, Torkelson and Green, are heading north, Jerry. That's good news. In a way, I kind of agree with them because I don't know what the other options are going to be. Okay, so maybe Victor Reyes makes the squad and he's your starting center fielder. This means Harold Castro's making the team. But then who are your bench spots here? Are you going to go and bring up Cody Clemens? Willie Castro going to make the team again? I don't I don't know, man. I, I, I would like Torque and Green to make the team. And Rogelio has been putting some great stuff out on Twitter. Tons of great information on what's been happening with Torque and Green. I mean, if we don't see them opening day, you're going to see them three, four weeks down the road because they are on the precipice of making the big league squad. Yeah, I'm with you all the way. I'm with you all the way, man. Uh, Ronald, all the way from Venezuela, watching the Govier main event experience. What's up, Ronald? I've been telling him all day we're going to be on the air tonight, and I talk about this, so good to see you, Ronald. Thank you for showing up on the show. Ronald's a uh, dedicated fan and always very positive on Twitter. Glad to see you here. Okay, I got to wrap this up as it continued. There was a little break there. Uh, I met Craig, the White Sox fan on Twitter. Craig, great to meet you. Uh, Dave Smith was drafting next to me on the other side of Paul Spohr in the main event. Glad to know you, Dave. Really enjoyed it. You sniped me once or twice, but it wasn't too bad. Dave Potts, who I played the song a couple weeks ago, the medley that he wrote, Deary. Remember that? It was... Yeah. Yeah. Or stand, and then he went into some other stuff. Yeah, it was... Yeah, he went into the police. Uh, He's a great dude. He also... Apparently, he was like a former big-time overall winner. So, he's... Man, my league was just loaded. Just totally loaded. It was great to meet Dave in real life. When we talked about doing a duet, it's on the menu. It's on the agenda. It's going to happen eventually. War Dog, I mentioned. Batflip Crazy was there. Toby showed up. He was there Friday night and then Saturday for some drafts. Great to see Toby again. John Posma got inducted to the Hall of Fame and gave a speech. He's a really, really nice guy from Wisconsin. Real down-to-earth, laid-back guy. Glad I got to know John Posma. Gray Albright and Rudy Gamble from Razzball. I met them. When I met Gray, it was kind of awkward for me. I, I didn't know if he was fucking with me or not. Uh, <laughs> he's a real character. That's for damn sure. But I'm glad we got to meet in real life. And Rudy was very friendly and kind. Mike the Mouth for putting on that big-ass show on Friday night. I'd never been in a Bellagio suite, let alone really any big-time hotel suite. 
And boy, that was quite the experience. It almost lived up to the hype, I got to say. All those people were there and more. A lot of talking and just endless baseball chatter. and oh, it, was, it was a whirlwind experience. I just felt like uh, I was just turning around the room every minute, talking to someone new and just having a moment. It was fantastic. And Mike the Mouth made it all happen. So thanks, Mike. I know you try to be a dick, but I know that you're a sweetheart inside. So thank you for that. And then lastly, Patrick Ryan. I went to go visit Patrick Ryan at the Westgate Sportsbook. Now, Patrick knows us through the show. In fact, he's the only one who's ever paid us to do a draft recap last year. We did it for the Molson Triple X League, which is his home league. So him and his entire crew were out there for Vegas to do their draft. Not anything to do with the main event or anything. They were just out there to do their home league draft for Molson Triple X. So I walked to the Westgate, which was three miles away at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It was 90 degrees out. The sun was blazing. Uh, it was a hell of a walk. I didn't realize what I got myself into on that one. But uh, once I got to the Westgate... And I saw the biggest, I mean, this is known, the Westgate Sportsbook, one of the most popular, infamous sportsbooks in the world. Panoramic view, all kinds of sports on a TV, booths everywhere. I mean, the place is huge. It's like a fucking arena. It's it's really an impressive spot. And Patrick and his crew were posted up there, and we talked baseball for a little while. They asked me a few questions, and we talked some shit, had a few laughs, and it was great. I was really glad that we got to turn this Palazzo experience, which is mostly virtual, into a real-time, real-world experience. So thank you, Patrick. Thanks for being so cool, supportive of the show. And we talked about doing another draft recap because they just did their draft on Saturday. So we're going nice. to do that again this week, hopefully. Very cool. So there it is. That's as many names as I can remember off the top of my head by writing out a list from Las Vegas. Done and done. Thank you very much, everyone. If I didn't mention your name or you feel I slighted you in any way, I do apologize. It was not intentional. I just tried to do it off the cuff. Grateful for all the times I had there and all the knowledge I gained, the laughs, and to my crew there, like Dave, like I said, Dave and Jake and Tony and those guys, they, they were like my, my adopted crew for a weekend. So I'm grateful that they took me in. There it is, dearie. That's the story. I got, I got, I got two thoughts. One, I met a guy earlier this week too. So there's this yeah. guy that's, yeah, there's a guy that's a member of, of where I work. Um, his name's Mike Stevens. Um, I've known him for years, but like it was the first time we ever talked about baseball. And he told me like he used to be big into fantasy baseball. Um, I feel like he had an accident and isn't all there uh, mentally right now, which is really unfortunate. So he started asking me some baseball questions. And the first two things he asked me, he goes, where is Jacoby Ellsbury and Prince Fielder being drafted these days? And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be rough. Oh, no. So I started, I started spouting off a bunch of names. He did not know many of them, but he was really excited to talk about fantasy baseball. And he was telling me about his old AL only league that he used to do years ago. And he was really excited to maybe get back into it. I, sh I shared the link to the Palazzo pod to him. I sent him an email. Yeah. Gave information. I said, hey, man, check us out. If you're interested in getting back into fantasy, our show would be a great Great chance for you to uh, listen up on some of the new guys that, that have been playing in the last 10 years since since you played. So, I mean, it's never time. Uh, it's never uh, too late to get back into the game. My second thought. Huh. So I kept seeing all these tweets about what's going on with the main event out in out in Vegas. So is there any type of security or could anybody just possibly walk into any of these big like, you know, banquet hall rooms where these things are going on and just kind of sit in and either fuck with people or mess with people's draft or just come in and kind of see what's going on. I, that that, that kind of interests me as I was seeing all the tweets that were coming out over the weekend. 
I suppose it's true. I mean, the doors aren't locked and there's no security guards watching them. Uh, but they also, everybody seemed to know each other quite clearly. But it was possible for a straggler to come in and just kind of walk around and check it out. As far as drafting for somebody who shouldn't be there, there was <laughs> apparently there was there was you one show guy. an ID. You got to show an ID. No, you don't have to show an ID. And there was one guy at one of the main events on Saturday morning. Now remember, there's seven main event leagues drafting simultaneously on Saturday morning. That was the big day that I was a part of. And the league next to me, some guy didn't show up until like round four, so he got auto drafted on his first three or four. Okay. Yeah, maybe that was intentional. Uh, well, he got Tatis too early, so I don't think that was intentional because he got auto-drafted. But, yeah, it really is pretty free-form. Although the food and booze they offer, they're very strict on. And uh, Jake and Dave told me all about this because they've been there so many times that you you know, you know, respect the food and drink. You don't go overboard on it. You get what you're offered because they provide it. And it's not shit either. I mean, they had buckets, like big old steel buckets with ice in them with bottled beer and shit like that. So, yeah. And they had a bartender on call on Saturday morning and served a full course lunch. So oh, if somebody just happened to walk in there, I mean, maybe they could sneak a meal. Like, I mean, I guess it is possible. It, it, it makes me think of like college days when you go down to the student ghetto at Western Michigan and anybody could just show up at a party and you'd see some real characters down there. And then it made <laughs> me think of when I was a freshman in college, my sweet mate, Graham Pachalik, uh, he was in this rock music history class, but he knew nothing about rock music. He was this kid who was into rap. And I went and took an exam for him and I, I aced it. But I never had to show an ID or anything. I just had to write down his social security number and his name. See? You did it. Anything's possible. Anything's possible! No. Jasper says, watching my team get holes like Swiss cheese from injuries? What? Is that true? Well, well, the question to Jasper is: Is this a team that you recently drafted, or could the, could this be a team that you may have drafted a month or two months ago? Um, you know, there's been some a few small injuries in spring training, and there's obviously a few big ones with uh, you know Tatis, or even some some that we're getting more information on, specifically some pitchers, and then a guy like Ronald Acuna. You know, people may have been hoping that he'd be ready for opening day, but it sounds like mm-hmm. it might be May. Mm. My team, my team is dead. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's Jasper talking about a squad. Unfortunately, very sad. Jasper, I feel you on that. Oh, we had a <clears throat> excuse me. We had a question while I was ranting off about all my Vegas interactions from Miguel. Miguel, I hope you're still here. How do you guys approach Trevor Bauer? Is he a late round draft and stash type guy? Deary, how do you feel about this? What's uh? I mean, you drafted recently. Uh, what's what's the story on Bauer? Yeah, you know, he's not even someone who's been on my radar because I just really need to know what's going to happen. Like, is what is the usage of him going to be this year? And what I've stayed away from in almost every one of my drafts is high-risk possibility with somebody who could end up being suspended at some point. Maybe a team has their own kind of rules and they're thinking, hey, you know, there might be a grievance against this guy. Maybe we're not going to play them. Guys that have injury concerns, I've stayed away from. You know, DeGrom, I stayed away from. Syndergaard, I've stayed away from. I've stayed away from guys like that. So, Bauer just hasn't been on my radar. I want to say last night in one of our keeper leagues, he went maybe round, it was round 10, so that would be round 22 in our in our league. But, yeah, I mean, most people that were looking at his ADP, he was way down in a lot of leagues. So I, I, I haven't gone after him. I think it's a lot of risk. But if you're thinking, you know, way late in your draft when you're kind of taking those risks or those throwaway picks, if, if it is a fab league, 
you know, I don't, I don't think it's terrible to go after Bauer. Now there's a lot of dissension within the industry. You, will you get canceled if you draft Trevor Bauer? Well, yes. Guess what? Half no. of my team are probably guys that should be canceled anyways. No, fuck that. Look, I agree. We've, Trevor Bauer is going to be available. This is about making money. So if you draft Trevor Bauer, you're trying to win money. It's not a morality contest. And don't try to tell me it is. And don't try to bring your, I don't know, your righteousness or your virtue signaling into the situation. He also was cleared. He's not charged with anything either. So I'm not the type of person that just jumps down people's throats thinking I know everything about the situation. However, I have not drafted Trevor Bauer at all. And I think he's going around 200 ADP, like 210. ADP right now and the main event I think it was the same thing it didn't change too much mm-hmm. I don't know if there's going to be a vendetta here or not dearie Rob Manfred doesn't like Trevor Bauer Trevor Bauer talked a lot of shit about Rob Manfred whether it's right or wrong Manfred holds the keys to his future in a way I I don't know how much the union will fight for him and allow him to get playing time when this administrative leave decision is supposed to be resolved by April 16th that's the latest word on Bauer. So bottom line, Bauer, does he come back in that locker room? Remember all his teammates? I mean, forget about the fact if he gets to come back. All of his teammates like stop following him on Instagram and completely remove themselves from him. They bailed on him completely. Is he supposed to come back into the Dodgers locker room and be a quality pitcher? I know he can handle it because he has. He does have a mental toughness. I'm pretty confident in that. But Or do the Dodgers say, like, hey, can we get out of this deal somehow? Well, I don't know how they two, can. There's two, there's two questions you got to ask yourself. Does he pitch this year, and does he pitch for the Dodgers? Right. Does he pitch this year? Yes, but I don't know when. Does he pitch for the Dodgers? I don't know. I do not know. That's fair. So, uh, Jason's here. Jason Eldridge says, I always felt he was overperforming to begin with. Uh, well, the that's the other thing, too. The spider attack and all the gunk have been removed from the game. So, now... What, what kind of spin rates is he going to get on his pitches? Because his spin rates definitely went up because he said, well, fuck it, everybody else is using this stuff. I'm going to start using this pitching gunk as well. And his spin rates went up, and he benefited from that. So that's gone too. But he was a decent pitcher before then. He wasn't a, you know, he wasn't a top 10 starting pitcher, but he was good. He was dependable. He was a guy that had very volatile in it, uh, you know, outings. He could be a guy that could go out there, strike out 10 guys, you know, only walk a couple, have a nice five, six inning start, or he could get mm-hmm. absolutely blown up. And then all of a sudden he moved on and he seemed to figure it out. I don't know what you're kind of getting from him. You need to figure out in your mind how much playing time you're going to get out of him and what's his floor. Don't look at his ceiling. Look at what his floor could be for you. Yeah, good call. Okay, holy Christ, I feel like I lost all our viewers because I talked about all my main event interactions. I'm sorry, guys, but I had to get it on the record. I really had a great time, and all those people were a part of it. If you don't like it, well, fuck it. Deal with it. Life goes on. Yeah. My team. My team is dead! And if your team is dead, that's too bad. Let's get into leading off. Okay, now I want to talk about the actual drafts, not just the people that I was connected with. So there was two drafts I did in Vegas. Of course, the main event on Saturday, but also the Midnight Madness, which was literally at midnight Pacific time, which is 3 a.m. our time here on the East Coast. We started the draft. Uh, There was also this guy, Carter Gill, who was a part of it, but he was like passed out somewhere. We couldn't find him. So we're sitting there waiting for the draft to start and the time's dragging on. And I know I got my main event in the morning. I'm like, fuck. Why did I sign up for this? This is going on. This is going to take forever. Who knows when I'll go to bed? 
And I didn't want to fuck up my mindset for Saturday morning. But eventually Carter, you know, stumbled in there and the draft got going. So it's a 12-team OC Deary, you know, 5x5 five five Roto, standard issue, 30 rounds, 7 bench spots, 23 players to start. 14 hitters and 9 pitchers of any preference, not just relievers or starters, any pitcher you want. So that's that's the layout for this. It's basically an OC, but it's called Mike LaMouth's Midnight Madness. <laughs> so uh, let's take a look at the draft board. What do you say? Where did you draft from? Well, that's the other thing, too. I'm glad you brought that up because you don't find out where you're drafting from. Oh, what is this shit? This is the same shit that happened last time, Deary, when... Uh, uh, oh, yeah, we never... T- <laughs> We talked about how you uh, you stoned out a couple weeks ago. <laughs> that night I was supposed to do the mock draft. I tried to show the mock draft board, but I couldn't. It says the browser can't access your screen. Try capturing a different screen to see if this continues. Fuck. Oh, fuck I, can't. <laughs> no, but I don't know why this happened again. This is bullshit. Hey, Richard Sands is here. What's up, Richard? Hey, buddy. Reigning Palazzo Podcast overall champion from the 2021 Palazzo Podcast Invitational. Richard Sands, everybody. <laughs> There he is. Good to see you here, Richard. We miss you. We love having you here, and we all bow to you and your incredible prowess as a fantasy player. So I'll just break it down. I didn't know what position I would draft from because they draw chips out of a out of a bag. He, Mark Winoker, who I mentioned earlier, shout out to Mark, had these chips that were made. They were custom Mike the Mouth Midnight Madness chips. They were very cool poker chips. And I got the third spot. And I found that out right before we started drafting. So who did I take with the first pick, Deary? Third spot overall. Jose Ramirez. I did not. I could have taken him, but I actually went with Juan Soto. Okay, good. Good. I like it. To me, Juan Soto is an MVP. Like, he could win the MVP this year. Jose Ramirez is a really good player. He did have that stretch there a couple years ago where he just disappeared for a long, long time. Juan Soto will never have that. And Juan Soto might get hurt once in a while. That could be a problem. But I just trust Juan Soto implicitly as a top-shelf superstar. He's that good. So I didn't have any shares of Juan Soto yet either. So I wanted to get on the Juan Soto bandwagon if I could. So I did. Yeah, I, and, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. good with it. There's going to be certain guys that aren't going to give you five cat you know, production and Juan Soto is one of those guys, but he's going to be so elite in all the four other cats that when you get to your third, fourth round, you can find guys that are going to scoop up double digit steals. It's what I've been kind of focusing on through all of my drafts is I haven't been focusing on the guy who's going to steal 25 to 30 bags, but I'd say every one of my five to first five to six first picks of hitters have double digit steal potential, which is huge for me. And that's kind of what I've been gearing towards getting because in a way, those guys are five cat guys because there's very few that are going to give you 25 steals with a great average home runs, RBIs. There's very few of those guys you're going to find. But hmm. there is production that you can find later with guys that are going to give you 10 to 15 steals. And if you build those guys up, you're going to get to that precipice of where you need to be with accumulating those steals. Yeah, that's a great point. There's no doubt about it. I took Ozzy Albies with my second pick. And then from there was uh, Alcantara, Edwin Diaz. So Alcantara's my ace. He's your uh, guy. In, in so many, he's your guy in so many leagues, isn't he? Alcantara. I think you have Alcantara? him number. Yeah, I think you have him like number five or number six starting pitcher overall in most of your leagues. Yeah, I, I love him. You oh, love by him. the way, yeah. 
yeah, we, I do love him. I definitely love him. Uh, me and Deary, uh, we got some more rank. So for those of you that want to be a part of our Patreon and get bonus content from the Discord, we've got our rotor rankings we did. We're also going to do our top 350 head-to-head rankings. So it'll be our top 350 overall head-to-head rankings. We're going to get that done, and then we'll post it on our Patreon this week for you guys. And we'll also update our other rankings, keep it rolling for you. We promise more head-to-head content. We will continue to try to do that as well. That's for sure. Uh, but Alcantara, is, I love Alcantara. He's great. I saw other players that I really respect over the weekend. They jumped on Alcantara, and that just makes me feel better to be in the same company of people I admire. And, you know, I took Edward Diaz with my fourth pick. Remember, this is a 12-team OC, okay, 12-team. $750 buy-in. First place gets $6,000. Second place gets $2,000. Third place gets a set of steak knives. You get nothing. So uh, it's kind of do or die. But it's my first closer and my first share of Edwin Diaz in the fourth round of a 12-teamer. Uh, I was kind of grateful for that spot because I don't think I would have got him later. What, but uh, I also took Buxton, you know. Buxton question too, for you so. relating to Diaz. What other closers had already been taken? Because I, I, I'm high on Diaz this year. I have him as my fourth-ranked uh, relief pitcher. He was uh, the third. Okay. Hendricks and Hader were gone, and okay. I took Diaz the third one. Two picks later, Rizal Iglesias okay. went. After okay. Diaz, yeah, I'm not as high on a lot of people are with with Rizel, but I think that there's a lot of interchangeable parts within those probably top seven or eight. I mean, obviously Hader and Hendricks, in my mind, are easily clear cut the top two. Um, but you know, going all the way down to like a Ryan Presley or Jordan Romano, Emmanuel Classe, that's kind of where it kind of uh, you know cuts off after that, where there's a lot more uncertainty. Jason Eldridge states on the live chat, which you can all participate in anytime you want, Soto has also hands down the most entertaining at-bats in baseball. That's true. There's a lot of those. Jason also asks, are you doing dynasty rankings? Uh, yes, I will be doing those. I don't know if Deary's going to do them or not. We, I'm sure he could if he wants to. I would like to get my – I had my dynasty points last year. I did a dynasty points rankings that nobody ever asked for or cared for, except one guy who DM'd me on Twitter last summer, and I did it for him. <laughs> So uh, I'd like to update those, and I will definitely, definitely be happy to post those because I play Dynasty. Deary's in a Dynasty League that me and him both joined for the Dingers podcast, Dynasty. So, uh, yeah. I, I, I spent a lot of time over the weekend looking at a lot of other Dynasty rankings, so I, I, I don't think it would be too much of a chore for myself to put out some of those rankings because, I mean, I, I, I play in a Dynasty League where I'd say half of my team, or not half of my team, but half of my keepers were guys that we haven't seen yet in the majors because I'm really banking on these guys in the next two to three years. Mm, wow. Uh, okay, so just for uh, perspective, if you're wondering who was in this Midnight Madness draft, people you might know, uh, uh, Jay Bird, who's our, you know, I mentioned earlier, he's been a part of our podcast for years. He was sitting right next to me, which was cool to hang out with Jay Bird and draft. And he's a really good player. I was impressed by his efforts. Uh, Zach Waxman was in it. Zach knows his stuff. Mark Winoker is the three-time reigning champion of this Midnight Madness, so he's to be feared and respected. And of course, Mike the Mouth's in it. Uh, Anthony Gialdi, who I mentioned earlier, he was in the draft. And uh, I don't know how, how great a player Anthony is or not, to be honest with you. I still have to find that out. Uh, Dougie Roth from Glarf was also in this. And that guy I mentioned in that litany of people that I talked about earlier from Vegas, uh, none other than Mr. Semzel, who was a reigning overall main event champion from years ago. He was in the 12th spot. So so guys who definitely knew their shit in this draft. But I took Buxton and Rosarina back-to-back, Deary. I thought that was fun because I didn't think I could get both of those players, and I love having both those outfielders on my squad. <laughs> I don't like either of them. 
Buxton's just come up to the a, second round now in main events. I, I, I think a Rosarina is massively overvalued, and I think my issue with Buxton is is the injury concerns. Um, if he's healthy for a full season, yes, I could see him going second, third round because he is a five-cat type guy. But Everybody's banking on it. I don't know why he, how he can. He hasn't played a full season in his career. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I, I'm just telling you, he's moved up to the second round in like almost every main event now. All these guys are fucking going for it. So it's not that they know anything that you don't know or that I don't know because you're right. There's no information that tells us he's that much healthier than he's ever been. You want to be that guy that's right, though. I mean, the ta- the talent is there. It's just it's what I stated earlier. I stay away from guys that have scares like that. Well, I I got him. This is a 12-teamer, so I got him in round five. So I'm fine with that. It's not like I jumped up in my first three picks. I'm telling um, you, Akil Badu. 100 picks later, give you a rosary I know. Hey, let me tell you something. I told people that. I told several people about that because you were so locked in. In fact, Paul Spore, like I said, was sitting next to me at the main event. I told him how you felt about it, but I also told him Dave McDonald thinks Badu's going to be a platoon player. So because you two of his are issue against Because of his issues against lefties, who's he going to platoon with? Haas? I could maybe see that with Haas. Yeah, I mean, not just it, the a, a the lot is going to depend on how quickly we see Riley Green. Well, I'll tell you this: I don't know and if they what... and if they want to give Victor Reyes at bats, which I think Victor Reyes is a below average player. Oh, you hit a home run today, dearie! Oh, bye. I don't know. I, I, I don't. I love Badu. Everything about Badu says we love you. I mean, I wrote a song about him. He's a great dude. He's a fun talent. It was a great. Great value play to get him in the Rule 5 draft. Al Avila finally did something right. I love it. Go Tigers. But I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Badu as if he's going to lose any playing time. It's one of the it's one of the curiosities I'll have about the season. And that's why you should follow guys like Mike Curlin on Twitter. If you want to keep up on daily lineups, Mike Curlin does it better than anybody in the business in spring training. Make sure you follow Mike Curlin on Twitter. Uh, a couple other quick random musings. No surprises here. Uh, I drafted Ty France. I drafted Tyler Stevenson. Uh, I drafted Chris Sale again. Uh, I don't know why, but he fell to the 12th <laughs> round. Chris Sale fell to the 12th round. And then the next pick, I took Zach Gallen in the 13th round. So I took both those guys for the fuck of it. I also took Giovanni Gallegos for the first time in the ninth round. Mm. I'm more open hey. to him now that Alex Reyes is hurt. Okay, there's there's several things here, though. Like, you can shit on a guy and then still draft him. I did it with Blake Snell last year. I shit on him every single episode. We talked about Blake Snell. What happened? I never drafted him. You can still draft <laughs> yeah, these guys. I mean, it's all about valuable. Val- yes. And then you can't completely throw guys off of your board, especially if they're guys that don't necessarily have injury concerns. I mean, sure, there's been a little bit with like Blake Snell over years, but there's no big injury concerns with Gallegos right now. It seems like he's in the spot where he needs to be. Cardinals are oh. always going to be a competitive team. 25 seasons. Easily doable. They're probably going to stick with him until he loses that job. And it's all about value. When you're when you're in in draft rooms, you need to be able to be like you said, malleable and change some of your perspective based on when guys might be available. If you see guys dropping and there's the value there, if there's a guy you know you're sitting at pick one ten and hey, this guy could be a top seventy five player, take a jump on him. This is America. You don't make money. You're a fucking douchebag. Now what you gonna do? That's what this is all about. It's about making money. That's the Trevor Bauer situation. That's all this stuff. It's not a morality tale. It's about making money and winning. We all love each other in the game, right? The fantasy community supports each other and yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. 
But the bottom line is everybody's trying to make Skrilla. Don't shit yourself otherwise. So uh, I hear you, dearie. Uh, <laughs> more guys that I've kept, I keep taking all draft season long. On Moncada, Ty France. Oh, you already didn't, said Ty I, I told, yeah, I didn't get Moncada. I, w- I would love to have Moncada. He went a couple picks after I took Gallon, so I lost the opportunity to do that. But I had already drafted Alex Bregman earlier. That was my first Bregman mm, share. So. Yeah. Um, I convinced you a couple weeks ago. Bregman's yeah, I, <laughs> you did. It was some good stuff. I agree. Uh, I took Glaber Torres, who I always take. I took Joey yep. Votto. I seem to take more. Uh, oh, Garrett Whitlock. Glaber, Glaber, by the way, is having a very nice spring. Well, bye. Yeah, that's not. He's going to have a fine season. It's going to be a good value play. Vlad Sadler loves him too. That that gives me a lot of support on my own opinion. The va- the uh, value is just so great for him right now. The value of where it is. you're going to get him is, is is perfect. Second base, it's, yeah. Second base shortstop eligibility. Well. I don't know if he's. I don't think he's eligible at second anymore in NFBC. It depends what uh, league or what format you're on. But yes, he's going to be their starting he, second baseman, though. <laughs> yeah, I know he's going to gain it back. Is the problem? I know it's so, so it's so frustrating. It's like Trevor uh, Story in like in like Yahoo leagues. Trevor Story is still a shortstop. Like, how long is it going to take before he's a second baseman? He's their starting second baseman. Yahoo's what five fucking games? It won't take long. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty well, quick. Also, Yahoo uh, still has Mookie Betts uh, with second base eligibility. <laughs> Ah, yes. Uh, Ronald said, hits and misses of the midnight draft. Let's see. Hits and misses, Ronald. That's a good question. Um, Well, you know, I'll say Luis Severino was a hit. I got him in round 17, and he's looking good. And I hadn't drafted him anywhere all year. But I'm warming up to it now, and I'm glad I chose him. And I think that'll play out well. I'll also say that about Luis Urias, Luis Urias, who I got in round 19. He fell all the way to 19. And he's... Starting to do some running. So people worried about that quad. <laughs> Round 19 is a steal. I'm very happy to take Luis Urias there. Well, you had uh, talked a couple of weeks ago. I had brought up that, um, you know, in years earlier, you could find a lot of power latent drafts, you know, your Hunter Renfro's. But a lot of those guys have been elevated up. You were talking about how maybe power is going to be hard to find later. Luis Urias is 25-plus home run power. If you're talking, if he can get double-digit steals here, that could be a top 150 player. Yeah, well, he's being, his ADP is a top 150 before he got hurt. So it's just a matter of that quad injury happening early on in spring training. People, oh, boy, oh, no, run away. And by the time the season starts, he should probably be almost ready to go. You're going to miss very few plate appearances with him. Uh, I So I said uh, misses. I said the Chris Sale. I don't think I should have taken Chris Sale in round 12. That was stupid. I don't know why I did that because... He dropped even further in my main event, which I'll talk about in a moment. So, Chris Sale, I, I kind of regret. What uh, other what other starting pitchers were available when you took him in the 12th? Well, I could have had Marcus Stroman. I could have had Ranger Suarez, Jordan Montgomery, Mike Clevenger, Luis Castillo. He's hurt. He's been hurt. So, Tanner Houck. Tristan I think McKenzie. There's a, there's a there's a lot of uncertainty there with other players. I mean, I like Tristan McKenzie a lot, but I think that maybe, I do too. I think that maybe a little early. I think he's he's a guy who's certainly going to have a breakout. The strikeouts are there, is whether or not he can control himself. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that's a terrible pick with Sale there. Depends how much time yeah. he misses. Depends how much time he misses. I think when he comes back, it'll be okay. I took Andre Semenis in the twentieth round. I keep taking him too much. I think he's on every fantasy team I have, and everybody's telling me I'm an idiot. Like nobody. Nobody's got anything nice to say about Andre Semenes, so we'll find out. But uh, that might yeah. be a miss. Not even our Cleveland boys? 
Yeah, especially them. They're like, oh, he can't hit. No way. <laughs> no way, they uh, say. I'm not interested. I almost, I almost took him last night, and I, 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 I shied away. You, well, but you probably this, made the right call. Otherwise, well, your team also, would be dead. My team is, my team is league, dead. So I, I, I can't draft him in an OPS league. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, Andre Semenis is, is it's all about the steals, but he also has pop. He does have pop. Yes, he strikes out a lot, and maybe he's not going to hit for a great average, but he has pop. So I'm interested in the pop in the steals combo. But you know, it sounds might not be a, lot, a good pick. Sounds, so. a, sounds a lot like Ahmed Rosario two years ago. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe. Maybe you're just like waiting. Maybe for not. It. Maybe fuck maybe yourself. Maybe, <laughs> maybe fuck yourself. <laughs> Uh yeah uh okay a couple I'm gonna give you more misses Ronald where did I screw up I'm trying to think here uh, I took Steven Strasburg around 27 this is a 12 team so maybe I shouldn't have drafted Strasburg at all I could have picked him up on the Fab Wire this is a Fab yeah. League of course so that might have been dumb because I could have had other guys that were available uh I took Adley Rushman with my last pick around 30 that could be risky because. He's injured, I already had I had Tyler Stevenson. Well, here's the this is the miss probably. It's a two catcher league, and I've got Tyler Stevenson and Rushman. So what am I doing? I'm gonna have to drop Rushman. It's stupid, <laughs> right? You can drop no, drop Strasburg. Oh wait, no, I have Carson Kelly. My bad, my bad. I missed Kelly there. So Rushman is my third. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. You hold you hold on to Adley for now. Yeah, I took Denelson Lamette in round twenty three. Oh, that, that might experiment? not work out so well. <laughs> yeah, that might not work out so well. He's probably going to be a middle reliever, right? I don't know. What? No way. Urias19, love the upside. Great value, says Eldridge. Thanks, Jason. Ronald says Kopik. Uh, Kopik was gone, I feel. I'll let me double check on that. Kopik's been climbing up draft boards recently, too, so I'll have to um, check that out. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Okay, oh, well. Okay, so back to uh, Lamet. He's he's not going to start. He's not going to be in that rotation. No, he's not going to start at all. But the buzz yeah. is about him being the closer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is that actually being, was, that, okay. That 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 actually makes a lot of sense. I don't know why I was not in on that. Emilio Pagan. He's he's still there, right? Yeah, he's more of a setup guy. Pierce Johnson, Robert people Suarez. People are saying is the guy. He's never. Some guy we never heard of. He's 30 years old. Robert Swore is going to suddenly be the closer? Austin Adams has really good stuff in terms of strikeout rates with guys, but he also walks a ton of guys. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, man, they got to figure that out. It's it's going to be kind of by committee until someone takes over the reins for this. Maybe they should put Blake Snell in the, as their closer. He's, yeah, he, 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 just eighth, <laughs> he can do the eighth and ninth innings. be perfect for him. Mark Winokur took Michael Kopek in round 14, and that was the... Round prior, I took Gallon, so I could have had Kopic instead of Gallon or Sale, but I chose not to do that. So that's when Kopic went. Uh, Jason says Kopic is hurt too, though, right? Uh, unless I missed updated news as of the airing of this show, I hadn't seen that. He was he was okay. I'll have to check that out. Effort that. Stand by on that, dear. You get to look that up. Well, he's coming back from from surgery a couple of years ago, but I mean, he no, was, no, he was, no. Yeah. That's old news. That's yeah. Right. He was, yeah, he was healthy. He was electric last year. Last year. He gave you, he gave you what? Like he had a stupid caper nine, like a 14 caper nine last year. 65, 70 innings last year. He was, he was really, really good last year. Yeah, he was when he pitched, he was outstanding. So I don't want to spread rumors here, Mr. Eldridge, but uh, 
I'll have to check on that news. I type in Google Michael Kopech and I click on news and it says Kopech on track as he builds toward return to rotation. Yeah, I, I, I think he's someone maybe they skip his spot in the rotation because he's still building up after, you know, I mean, he hasn't pitched over, what, 75 innings in his career. You, you get 120 innings out of this guy who's going to strike out a ton of people on a White Sox team that's going to win a ton of games. I think Kopech is a really, really nice value right there. But yeah, you didn't just, take him anyways. <laughs> no, I didn't. So, hey, fuck me. Uh, anyways, oh, my God. I could talk about this draft forever. I want to talk about the main event draft. Uh, all right. So let's talk about the main event draft real quickly. So the main event Man, people, this league was so insane. It's so insane. You're just loaded with, I mean, Paul Spore sat next to me and Justin Mason across the way with Scott Jenstad from Rotowire and Dalton Del Don from Yahoo next to them and Jeff Zimmerman in the process over there and uh, Emmett Rulin, a guy, you're probably saying, who's Emmett Rulin? Well, he finished second overall in the main event overall last year. Second overall. That's a shitload of money. So he was in this draft. It was just filled with the who's who. Dave Potts, like I said. So, boy, I, I mean, someone's got to finish last, right? So, is it going to be me? Like, everybody's talking about they like their team or they're, you know, hey, I'm in this. I paid my money. But someone's got to finish 1 through 15, and it's going to be somebody. So, I hope it's not me, but we'll see how it goes. This was just, this was intense. It was really cool to do it live. I didn't even talk a lot of trash, though. I didn't take advantage of the live aspect because I was so locked in on trying to focus on the draft. So I might have missed my chance to have more fun, but that's okay. You know, these things happen. Um, so, oh, by the way, there's a guy in the draft. His name's Mike Duggan. It's not the mayor of Detroit, for those of you that live locally around here. <laughs> Mike Duggan's out in Vegas. I know. That's what I thought. I saw his name on the draft. But I was like, oh, cool. Mike Duggan is a fucking NFBC big-time money player. That is so cool. Go Tigers. Uh, Ronald says Suarez was a closer in Japan. Okay. Thank you, Ronald. I actually did not know that. I knew that he uh, didn't have any MLB experience, but we'll see what he does. I don't. He still doesn't strike out a lot of guys. I know that for sure. And Denelson Lamette has much better stuff. So if, if they could trust him, then he could be the guy. Lamette time could be the reality at the back of that bullpen. But anyways, in the main event, I had the 14th overall pick. That was my second to last choice for my KDS, which is Kentucky Derby series, where basically you set the choice of the picks you would like to have. And when they run, when your number comes up, whatever number you chose at that number is the one you get. So if you got your eighth choice and that was pick seven, then you get pick seven, for example. I got pick 14, my second to last choice. And that's how it goes. So I took Ozzy Albies, dearie. That was my first pick. I could have had Mookie Betts. Would you rather have Betts or Albies? Mookie Betts. Shit. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather have Brandon Woodruff or Albies? Albies. Okay. So with my second pick, Paul Spore took Betts and Woodruff after I took Albies. Paul Spore was at the wheel doing his Spore thing. I took Mike Trout. So I took Albies and Trout to start. No pitchers. And okay. some people... I, would- I, I- I I, I, I I do like that start. I mean, if it shakes out where I can take a pitcher in the first two rounds, I will. But there's very few guys I will. I mean, was Walker Bueller already gone? Probably. No, he wasn't. Okay. Bueller went uh, two picks later. I could have had Bueller. Could have had Giolito. Could have had Alcantara. I could have had one of the closers. But this was the 17th pick overall. And if I, was, if I didn't take a closer in the second pick there... Neither one of those guys were going to come back, and they didn't. Hader and Hendricks were both gone at the end of round two. Okay. What'd you do in round 
rounds three and four when it came back around. So by rounds three and four, I've got two hitters, Albies and Trout. Then I take Xander Bogarts. I double down on another hitter. And after Ryan Presley and Bobby Witt Jr. went to Spore, Bobby Witt goes in the fourth round, by the wow. way. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I also don't know how I feel about that Presley pick in round three because, okay, look at the closer fest that happened. So Hader and Hendricks go in round two. Then in the third round, you've got Iglesias, Rizel, Classe, and Diaz all go. So you've got five closers off the board by the end of round three, which is pretty wild. And Ryan Presley, his velocity is down right now. I don't know if anybody's been keeping up, but his velocity is currently down. It's still spring training, Deary, so we shouldn't panic. But I also, Hector Neris is there, and I, you know, he could be looming. There's also some, some other guys in that pen that I'm interested in. So we'll see. But Presley has shown the ability to get the job done in the past. So I just don't know if I want to take him in round three. Yeah, I mean, so there's seven or eight closers that you probably like. I have stayed away from every single closer until maybe thinking about it, maybe rounds four or rounds five, if any of those guys are still around. But obviously in the main event, a lot of these guys are gone. I mean, sure, Hector Neris has done this before. Uh, Ryan Presley has been incredibly dependable, and he's not going to make his money on his fastball anyways. He's going to make his money on his slider. He has an elite slider that has been the best pitch he's had, you know, since he's been in the league. So I think he's still dependable, but I'm probably not taking those closers that high. Now, when things happen where there's a run on, on, on players, that also opens up an opportunity for you to scoop up some other guys that maybe would have gone earlier if there wasn't a huge run on these closers. So Maybe. Bogart's round three. What was round four for you? So round four was my first pitcher, Freddie Peralta. Okay. Yeah, and by then, whew, I mean, by round the beginning of round four it was, you already had a lot of the big pitchers gone. You know, Wheeler was gone. Nola was gone. So at that point, it would have been, I kind of wanted to take Joe Musgrove, and my regret currently at that time in the draft was, oh, I should have took Musgrove over Peralta. I just trust Musgrove a little bit more than I trust Peralta because I think Musgrove has proven it more Mm -hmm. consistently, and when he's healthy, he's on a great team. He's got Cy Young material written all over him. He really does, and Peralta needs to do a little bit of a show-me again to see if he can do what he did in 2021. So I kind of wish I could have had Robbie Ray. I could have had Max Freed, Logan Webb. I I, I think so. Yeah. The question here probably for me would have been Peralta versus Musgrove. I like both those guys more than Nola. Um, Wheeler, obviously Wheeler, I have much further up on my board, but there's some, there's some scares right now with Wheeler. And I think that's why he fell. Um, Freddie Peralta showed a lot in 2020, and then last year was his huge breakout. A lot of people that were really thinking of guys that would break out last year. Freddie Peralta was one of those guys. I thought that Freddie Peralta would break out last year, and he absolutely did. And this is the show me here. Can you do it two years in a row? We've seen pitchers in the past that you know, don't live up to it after they have that great first, first year. But hey, guess what? The Milwaukee Brewers are a really fucking good team. You know, the Padres are a good team. Joe Musgrove is going to win a lot of games, but Freddie Peralta is going to win a lot of games and strike a lot of people out. So I'd be interested to see their numbers as they go through the year together. I think they're going to be pretty similar. Yeah, well, this is the theme of this draft. Don't worry. We can just transfer money from your account into a portfolio with your son, and it's gone. Everything was just, and it's gone, just like that, constantly showing up and then disappearing. You had to be quick and be ready, and you had to adjust on the fly in this draft. Mm -hmm. Remember, 
you're in person. It's just such a different experience. It really is. Jason says, the problem I have with closers that early is it's one of the only positions you aren't shocked at the end of the year. Top guy <laughs> is a guy who didn't have a job to start the season. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, some people might be appalled, but you're right, dear. That is true. That is the position where that would happen. There's always injury concerns. There's always guys just falling out of love with their manager, and maybe they just didn't have a really good start. And if there's another excellent arm in that bullpen, you look at some of these better teams that have built amazing bullpens. You look at you look at the Braves right now. The Braves bullpen is sick. They probably have five guys that have the ability mm. to close for them. So if Jansen doesn't end up being the guy, it, they have Will Smith there. They have Matzik there. They have um, oh, what's his what's his fucking name? Colin McHugh. Oh yeah, they have Colin McHugh. Who in in, in some leagues, especially Yahoo leagues, you get starting pitcher, relief pitcher out of him. They also have Luke Jackson. Luke Jackson was the guy I was thinking of. All these guys have the ability. To yeah, Luke Jackson. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair. The point being is closers have become very, very trendy in this main event. It wasn't just this. It was a lot of main events, although probably my league more than all of them were closers really flew off the board. So after Peralta, I come back with you, Darvish. So I've got two starters locked in in my first five picks. Even though I went three straight hitters, I've got two starters. And you, Darvish, to me, can always be hurt, yes. But his value was deflated because of disappointment of last year. His whip is still low. He strikes guys out like crazy. There will be blow-up starts where the ERA gets ballooned, but I still think Darvish could be the best pitcher on that San Diego staff, so I'm happy to have him as my number two. Yeah, there's there's just a ton of streakiness with him. I have him in one of sure. my, my dynasty keeper leagues, and we saw what he did at the end of 2020 where he was electric and maybe the best pitcher in the league at the those last seven, eight starts. He wasn't walking anybody, but yes, he has those blow-up starts where he could walk five to six guys, give up four or five runs, a bunch of home runs, He's streaky. You're going to get that, but I, I think he has the talent. Like you said, he plays for a good squad. I think he's still the best pitcher out there in San Diego. So I think a little bit of a bounce back you're going to see from him. I think he could possibly end up in you know top 10, top 12 starting pitchers this year. How would you feel about making a change? We fear change. Yeah, you Darvish fears change, and uh, unfortunately, he's probably going to be the same guy he always was, but fortunately, that's still a really good pitcher, so I'm happy to get him in Round number five, Cinco. That was very cool. And then I took Baez, Javi. So now I've got two middle infielders in my first six picks. But I really think Javi Baez is going to be outstanding this year for the Detroit Tigers. Go Tigers. I really do, dearie. I just, he's going to kill it this year. And I think he wants to show how great he is. He'll strike out a lot. That's fine. But he's still a 30-30 season is very much in play. And he'll want to opt out of that contract that he signed, which does have an opt-out after year two, right? So... Yeah. He plays great, opts out again, gets a bigger contract. I see that as a very realistic scenario. And I know I never liked Javi Baez. Let's make that clear, too. I've never been a guy who drafted Javi Baez. I've been pretty against him in fantasy for a couple of years now. But I got to give credit to, you know, Ryan Venancio. Shout out to him. Ryan kind of, he got on me after I bitched about the Tigers signing Baez back in whenever that was before the lockout started. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, why am I bitching about this? Look at I started looking at his stats and I dove into it and I re- I was I had a misconception about him. I started to let I'm not above this. I'm not above this. I let the talk of the town 
seep into my head and I took it for granted that, oh, he strikes out too much. There's no value there. That's just not true. There's plenty of other value besides the strikeouts in that bat and his legs. So I'm in, Deary. I'm in. You got to look at what you're playing in here. You're playing a five by five roto. You're not playing a league where strikeouts are against you. Sure, you're going to play with average, but what's 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 the floor for an average he's going to hit? 230? That that that's the floor, right? What's the mid probably 245, 250? Yeah. What's the max? 2 265, 270? Yeah. What's 280 what's the, maybe? What what's the floor of home runs? Probably 25 plus. Yes. Unless he gets in, yes. unless he gets injured, and I think he's going to have a whole bunch of RBIs cuz this is a much improved Tigers lineup. It is. That's the other part of it. So everything you just said, I concur with, and that's how I see it. So I'm going hitter heavy. I got the two starters. Where am I weak at? I'm weak at reliever in my main event here. Of course, I'm talking about my main event draft. I wish I could be showing it to you, but my browser hates me, and I've really got to get this thing fixed. I'm calling StreamYard immediately after the show. Scott Barlow was my seventh-round pick. He's my first closer, and I heard something that I really appreciated and respected from Dennis Dodd and... Greg Jewett of Reliever Recon. Make sure you subscribe to Reliever Recon. It's a great Patreon. Updated daily closer charts, constantly shifting, giving you the latest information. It's a must-have tool. Reliever Recon. Go to Greg Jewett's Twitter, start there, and get yourself involved in this thing. That's what I subscribe to. And when Greg and Dennis talked at first pitch last fall, they had a seminar about relief pitching. They talked about Mike Matheny likes to go with his guy, and his guy was Scott Barlow. So... I remember they totally blew me off when I brought up Josh Stomont in that seminar. They're like, oh, fuck that. He's trash. And I love Josh Stomont. So here I am having my first Scott Barlow share. So we'll see if it flies or not. It's still not a great top closer to have, but it's somebody that I think could still give me 20, 25 saves. Oh, absolutely. He's got a, he's got a plus fat fastball that sits at 95, 96 miles per hour, and he's got a really nice wipeout slider. Neither pitches are are pitches that are really going to wipe you out with, with what he shows with it, but they're going to be dependable pitches pitches. He also has a curveball in his repertoire. So, uh, yep. you know, if he, if Matheny's going to go with his guy, you know, I was a Stalmont guy last year. I'm like, Stalmont, 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 Stalmont just got a cup of tea last year with doing it. But then they were just like, no, you're, you're not going to do it. We're, we're going to go with the vet. So if he's going to stick with, you know, Barlow, like he, he, he has stated so far, I mean, I think 20, 25 saves is, is just fine. And what round are you taking him in? I'm taking him in round seven. Okay. So this is where you play the comparison where you look at other guys that may have gone in, in rounds three or four. And it's like, can I get similar numbers three rounds later? This is something that I was playing. I, I, I've been playing a lot lately. Um, and a lot of it is centered around Cody Bellinger because Cody Bellinger and one of my, Oh boy. went 55th the other day. And I, I, I dove in, I was texting my buddy Derek and I was like, Hey, okay. So Cody Bellinger goes 55th in this league and Bellinger has had an absolute awful spring, but I was like, okay, so he goes 55th. Here were, were a list of players that went way later in the draft that I believe can have very similar numbers then with with Bellinger, obviously we know what Bellinger's ceiling is going to be, but I don't think he's ever going to hit that again because he's switched up his swing. He seems completely lost right now. Trent Grisham was at 143. Evasel Garcia, 204. Max Kepler, 215. Ian Happ, 236. Patrick Wisdom, 280. These are six guys that went 
close to 150 picks later, who could all give probably the same production of what Bellinger's mid-range is probably going to be this year. So that's the game you got to play is you got to find guys who'd be like, oh, well, this guy can put up numbers that are pretty similar to somebody who'd be around five, round six guys. And when you're thinking closers, if you know a guy who's going to be absolutely dependable and have that job, 20 yeah. to 25 saves, ERA around three, sure, I'll take it. Uh, Brian says, I'm just in time because Deary's cooking. That's right. Deary is cooking there. He's flamethrowing. That's really good comparison stuff. I think that is really one of the key aspects of a quality draft. Should I take that player or not? Because I can get someone else later who could provide at least the same thing, if not more. That's how you win is taking the players later who can provide what players appear to want to give you that other managers will jump upon like a Cody Bellinger. Now, I will say this. I'm going to call it the Glaber Torres method. Because Glaber Torres is going <laughs> way later. Would you rather have Jazz Chisholm or Glaber Torres? There you go. Uh, I don't. I think I'd rather have Glaber on that one. I will say this though. You know, I will say this. Yes, 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 yes. A lot of people that I respect again, big time players that have won championships. They're not just one time. They've won many, many, many times at the main event over this past weekend. Auction drafts too. By the way, there was. I didn't even mention that. There was tons of auction drafts going on as well. Those were really cool to see in real time. And you get interesting player value associations because with auctions, there's a price tag. There's a dollar amount. And you might be surprised. Oh, wow, they only went for that much. Ty France went for $7. I thought that was a steal to me, you know. And my point being is that some players I respect were taking Cody Bellinger, and they still plan on him being productive. I saw one guy I really respect. He took Yelich and Bellinger back-to-back picks. I'm like, shit, okay. Do you know something I don't know? I, I don't. <laughs> I mean, Yelich is talented. It's just back crisis. So how many games are you going to get out of him? And I'm willing to take risks, too, as I'll show you right here in these next couple of picks in my main event. We're talking about my main event. I want to move on from this because we got so much other to do. So let me uh, just give you a quick tour. So after that Barlow pick, I'm the guy in the draft who took Tatis. I took him in round eight. So I just thought he wasn't going to go much farther than this. And if he somehow comes back soon enough and could be, he will be the player he is. I'm not worried about him not being that player. It's just a matter of when will he come back. Mm -hmm. So that's what that's all about. I take him in round eight there to start that round. And uh, I also end up taking fucking Chris Sale again five rounds later. I took Chris Sale again, but this time he dropped to 194th overall. And to me, that's value. That's way down there now for a guy who doesn't have an arm issue. It's a rib thing. He should be pitching by late April or early May at the latest. I really believe that. But I'm going to be carrying Tatis and Sale on my bench to start the season because you only have seven bench spots and there is fab. So I don't want to take too many zeros but uh, I'm happy with it. I, I think I think I can carry that risk. But after that point, Deary, I can't take any more guys who might not be playing because I can't have guys who are just going to be sitting there. There's no IL spots. There's no yeah. NA spots. You're just stuck there with bench spots that are giving you zeros. Yeah, it's it's high risk, high reward. But <laughs> yeah, you know what, what I will say to everybody is you got to you got to know your league. I, I was talking to someone the other day, and they were you know really worried about you know taking Ronald Acuna, and I'm like, okay, well let me know what your your league is like. Do you have an IL spot? Do you have Fab? How many bench spots are there? How many utility mm-hmm. spots do you play? How many outfielders you play? 
he and you know he told me that they play three outfielders they play two utility guys it's a fab league and i'm like well it's not like you're putting acuna in your lineup and you're getting a zero from him every week you can replace him with some some modest value think about oh you're gonna get him you're gonna put him on your il you're gonna wait a month but this is a guy who could be a top five player when he comes back maybe you don't get this as many steals this year just coming back from that ACL injury, but it's not like you're going to get a bagel from him. It's not like you're going to get zero and it's not like you're throwing him in your lineup and you're getting nothing from him. You're going to replace him with somebody else. So maybe you need to be a little more aware of getting more outfielders out there, grab grab an Andrew Benatendi, maybe a little earlier than you would, who can give you not Ronald Acuna numbers, but he can give you a couple steals. He could get a little bit of pop. He's going to bat in the middle of the lineup for the, for the Royals. So it's, it's high risk, high reward. And you got to know the league you're in now, like you said, there's no IL spots, the short bench. You only got 30 players. You took two of these guys that are high risk, but like you said, you can't go any further than that after that. Well, that's fantastic. A really smart decision, young man. It sure is. That is smart business strategy, business ethics. And we're talking live on the Plaza Podcast here. Mike Govier, Christopher Deary, two L's, two Z's, Plaza Podcast on Twitter. Utah. Plaza Podcast, Discord, YouTube. We got a Patreon. It's two L's, two Z's galore. Start at the Twitter feed. Go from there. We're trying to fill the Plaza Podcast Invitational League 6. Go to our Twitter bio. Link is in the bio. Christopher Deary, C. Deary, 1999 on Twitter. MJ Govier for myself. V is in Victor on Twitter. Uh, I took more usual suspects later in the draft. Ty France, <laughs> Tyler Stevenson. Uh, I took Matt Chapman as my first third baseman. I'm really happy with that. I love him in Toronto this year. He's going to be happy to be in that lineup. This guy's going to hit 35, 40 home runs. Book on it. Lock it in. It's a guarantee. Barring injury, he will hit those amount of home runs. And his other counting stats will fly up too because of the lineup he has. I took Logan Gilbert after him, Deary. I love Logan Gilbert. His stuff is electric. And Seattle's a really good squad. Yeah. Logan showed me a lot last year that I was really, really impressed by. Just take a look at the metrics. Look at any type of stat. Logan Gilbert makes you happy. He'll make you excited. I, so, t- I um, took I took Logan Gilbert last night as my first pitcher off the board. I I had, oh. already, I had already kept three pitchers, so he's going to be my SP four. But I was ecstatic to get him. I think I got him in the fifth round. Yeah, that's great. He's going to be Which my was round SP- seventeen at the at round seventeen in our league. Round 17. All right. That's a good call. He's going to be my SP3. I love it. I'm happy about it. Uh, I took Jesus Lazardo in round uh, 15. <laughs> 16. 16. It could be time. Have you seen how electric he has looked this spring? I've been I've been on it. This is my guy yeah. this year. This is one of my big choices. My It feels right this year. My Shohei Otani, if you will. I love here, it. Here, here, here's, the, here's the issue. How many innings are we getting from him? I... Uh, he pitched 95 last year, so he can jump up to 150. Yeah. I don't see that not happening. Yeah. One, one as as I'd, I'd be happy with 150. I'd, yeah. I'd that'd be a if, real nice sweet spot. I feel like I jumped up because I had to take him in round 16, which was above ADP by a few rounds, but I didn't want to miss out on the chance because early in the draft, I was I was letting the ADP get in my head a little bit, and I was going by the book. and I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. I got to get my guys. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, you've you've made your rankings. You have your lists. Uh, that that that's such a common thing to do. You know, when you have all this information of all these drafts on NFB, NFC that have been going on for months and months and months, and then you look yeah. at what's happened in the last month, and then you have that ADP sheet in front of you, just kind of see gauge where maybe other people are going to be going with guys, and sometimes it feeds into you. But you know, you got to look at what your boards are saying as as well to help you out. Damn right. There's no doubt about it. 
in the end, you have to draft for you. And if you don't, you're just going to kick yourself. And I kicked myself a little bit early on in this draft because I was bummed out. I just felt like, what am I doing? Why am I, especially in a live format like that, like you may not understand this because when you do it with your home league, it's like your buddies and it's, it's chill. It's fun. You're talking trash and you know, it's fun for the most part, but this is big time, huge money at stake. Some of the best players in the world, apparently. And it can be a little daunting. I mean, I was happy to be there and I had fun. I never freaked out or anything, but Sometimes the moment, because you only have a minute to make a pick, too. When you're on the clock, you better be ready. You have all that time in between. You better not be, like, going to the bar or the lunch line to eat food and fuck around. You want to stay focused <laughs> on your computer to do what you need to do. And like Deary said, what other people are saying and what you're seeing from the other drafts, they can creep into your head sometimes. These leads that you get from, hey, I'm thinking this guy and I'm thinking that guy from people you might respect, they can creep inside there. Maybe. Maybe not. Well, well, here, here here's what you got to remember when you're in a draft like that, especially where you only have one minute. Sure, people are seeing who you're drafting, but they are so in their head about what strategy they're going to be using and their guys that they're going after. They don't have mm-hmm. time to be like, oh, my God, Mike Govier is a fucking idiot. He drafted this guy. <laughs> they, they yeah, don't have time nobody cares that. about that. They don't have time for that. You're right. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck about me. It's just a matter of I wasn't thinking about them either. I was just thinking about. Is this guy being taken for the right reason? Fucking leads a week, you're weak. So, yeah, there, sometimes there's the anxiety of it. I mean, we had a draft last night, our keeper league, and people are pissed at me because I, I'm the commissioner of the league and the draft clock was two minutes. People are like, this is going to fucking take forever. And I'm like, <laughs> it's 12 rounds. It's going to take an hour and a half. You ever been in a slow draft, motherfuckers? Yeah, they don't know shit. 12 rounds, that's nothing. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I was like, come on, man. I'm like, this is, I'm like, I set it at two minutes because, you know, it's it's pretty in-depth. It's unique categories. And if you didn't do your homework, this is what I was saying. Some people were taking full two minutes. And I'm like, if you didn't do your homework, you're taking the full two minutes. If you did your homework, you're making your pick in 30 seconds. Good call. There's no doubt about that. Uh, all right, so a couple more picks to wrap up. I tell you, the same catcher combo, Tyler Stevenson and Carson Kelly. I, I did that literally in the Midnight Madness draft, and now I did it again the next morning, and I've done it before. I think I have the combo of Kelly and Stevenson in at least five or six leagues. So I'm really not diversifying there. So we'll see if that blows up my face. I took Lou, Lou Trevino of Oakland Athletics as my second closer. I don't love it. I don't. He doesn't strike out I got enough. He's got some decent stuff, but he's not electric like uh, maybe Domingo Acevedo is, who's behind him, or A.J. Puck, who's looming, you know. Uh, by the way, speaking of athletics, uh, Brent Honeywell had another setback today. That guy just never uh, caught a break, dude. That guy, yep. <laughs> terrible. feel it's bad for that guy. one of those guys that we just, you know, big high prospect guy that we never really got to see anything from. It's, it's really unfortunate. It really is. So, uh, so Trevino's the second closer. I don't love it, though, but he probably will be the closer, at least for a while. I took Garrett Whitlock again. I still have been pounding the bang and the drum on this, that he will be the closer for the Red Sox eventually, even if it's not right away. Matt Barnes will falter. Whitlock will not be in the rotation. He will be their closer eventually. I'm sticking with it. This is something that has just been the biggest conundrum in all of my drafts and in the offseason is Whitlock was absolutely shut down amazing last year. He was giving you holds. He ended up getting a ton of saves. We know what we're getting from Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes was a little better last year, but Matt Barnes walks a ton of people. 
And then I got super scared because I was all over Whitlock. I almost kept him in one of my leagues because, you know, we have the holds and and saves. And then you start hearing reports that they're going to stretch Whitlock out. They're maybe thinking about him being in the rotation. It's like, man, this guy is a perfect back end of the bullpen guy. And I've stayed away from him because I just don't know the direction the Red Sox are going to go with him. Yep. I, I, don't think it's a big risk. It's, I'm always getting him in the 200s, like the 240 to 260 range. That's fine with me, and that's where I took him. Uh, Ronald wants to know, biggest learning experience from the main event. Um, hmm. Well, I talked about the closers and the closer run that happened. Uh, that one round where I drafted Scott Barlow, five closers went in that round. That was round seven. So Ford already gone that round. I took Barlow to close it out. They, they made me do it. They made me do it. I had no choice at that point in that round. So that was a learning experience. The Taylor Rogers, Corey Knable, Blake Trinan, and Mark Melanson all went before I had to take Barlow. And after that, it's just scraps. Although Camilo Doval was later, he was still on the board. I, I passed on him, though. Because I Giants and Gabe Kepler, I don't know if you can ever trust Gabe Kepler to lock in on one guy. I don't know if you can. It's just it, relief pitching is the only thing that gives me anxiety when I'm when I'm drafting. Like, Shit, yeah, like, it does. Like catchers, I don't freak over catchers. Like you know, unless you're getting one of those top three to four guys, and specifically those top two, like you, you should be able to find production that's going to be comparable to somebody who who's drafted sixth or seventh out of a catcher. You can you can find guys who you know it's all going to be about playing time, anyways. And if you can double yeah. up with a couple of guys, what I've been doing in a lot of you know my roto drafts is I waited on catchers and then doubled up with like a Vasquez and like a Travis Denard and like rounds fourteen and fifteen. Just double up right there and be like, okay, I got two guys that at least have jobs and should be dependable. But relief pitching just like gives me so much anxiety because I don't want to miss out on some of these hitters and really top line pitchers early on. But then it's like shit. I waited too long on relievers and now there's none available. So that's why <laughs> like roto leagues with relievers can really give you some anxiety. In other leagues, I mean, you're talking head to head. You can you can punt that shit through the fucking roof. You don't need a reliever. You you can punt. You're just winning. You're just trying to win some cats in a head to head. But Roto, you can't do that. No, hell no. It's just, a, geez, it's a real pain in the ass. But we're talking about the main event here. My main event draft that happened Saturday in Las Vegas at the Bellagio Live. I was kicking myself. Ronald wants to know what the learning experience was from the main event drafting wise. I would say. I wanted to take David Bednar in round 10. I took That's the pick I took Logan Gilbert, Deary. So, of course, at the end of round 10 to start round of 11, Scott Jenstad took David Bednar. So there it goes. And I'm like, shit, he took David Bednar. And I was really pissed about it. I'm like, why did I take Logan Gilbert? I could have waited and took more. I took a starter pitcher after that. I could have got somebody else that I liked, like Jose or Keedy or Tanner Houck, uh, uh, John Gray. There's other, there were other guys out there. But when the draft ended, I talked to Batflip Crazy, who I hadn't seen yet, Toby, and he was like, oh, dude, great news, because I was bitching about not getting Bednar. He showed me a link. He showed me an article where the Pirates had announced that Chris Stratton would split time with David Bednar as the closer. <laughs> so in a way, I was, I was grateful. I didn't know I'd be grateful at the time for not getting David Bednar, who I still think is a superior pitcher in that situation, mm-hmm. yeah. Stratton. But, you know, it's just a little reminder, like, hey, you know, the random blessings or whatever the fuck you want to call them, these random gratitude moments will show up for you, even if you didn't think it was going to benefit you in any way. And that's, 
That's the kind of way this thing goes. The things you want to happen may not necessarily be what you need to happen. And the things that you miss out on, you know, they might not be that bad anyways in the first place. You might not be missing out on anything. At the same time, there's going to be players that you want that the other managers are going to take, and you have to be prepared to have a list of three to five guys for every pick because odds are two of those guys at least will be gone and you can't rely on you having done all the research in the world and been prepared, you know, to the nines. It still won't matter because when you're in leagues like this, I mean, I I listed the names. These are big time players. Some of them are really accomplished big money winners. So that's what I would share with everybody. That's a lesson I learned is you know, whatever it looks like to you, it might not be as bad or as good as you think it will be in the moment. And perspective will change everything. We also have a spring training that carries on up until opening day. This is really early, I guess, a lot earlier than opening day for these events because spring training goes to around April 7th when the opening day kicks off. So it's going to be a wild fab run. The first fab run will be fascinating because there could be jobs that change hands and shit like that. So... Well, yeah, I mean, that's another anxiety. That's why I've always stated, like, if you're putting down some big bucks, do not wait to draft till way, way later, you know, a oh. week or two weeks ahead of time or yeah. out, out from the, the draft. Because you're just you're talking about Bednar here two two months ago. People are like, yep, Bednar is the closer. He's going to be the guy. And another anxiety with relief pitchers is so many guys end up getting traded. You look at at a guy like Richard Rodriguez last year with the Pirates. He ends up getting traded when you're on a team that is – you know, not competing for anything. When that deadline comes, you're trading those be guys down. away. You're trading those guys away to become seventh inning guys or setup men for teams that are really, really good that are trying to improve their bullpen. So it's another thing that can be very frustrating. Yeah, Brian just brought this up. I'm so glad you brought this up, Brian, because this was one of the big draft moments I forgot about. He says, are we looking bender with Floro having lingering arm soreness? Brian K. Rodgman, our greatest Palazzo originals, Brian, I really wanted Bender, and I had him locked in for a few rounds, but I, w- I was like, all right, I can wait one or two more rounds, and God damn it, wouldn't you know it, in the 20th round, he was taken by Dalton Del Don, and in fact, Bender went in like the 17th or 18th round in most other main events, so the fact that Bender was available in the 20th was a real bonus for Dalton, but I passed on Bender in the 20th for Brandon Nimmo. In fact, I took Rowdy Telez and Brandon Nimmo in the 19th and 20th picks. And I needed another corner, so I'm happy I took Rowdy Telez because other than that, my only first baseman was Ty France, and Matt Chapman was my only other third baseman, so it was pretty weak at corner. But taking Brandon Nimmo there, I should have waited. I should have took Bender then because Dalton Dildon took his ass at the end of the 20th round. And I would I Bender to me has always been the guy. I've never drafted Floro. Even with the news about Floro's arm soreness lingering now and becoming more of an issue, bumping up Bender's stock, I've always liked Bender. All offseason, if you look at my player shares, he's the one of the most drafted guys I have on NFBC. So that was a big bummer for me, Brian, that I did not take Bender in round 20 or 19. And I left him for Dalton Del Don to swipe me. So, hey, good for you, Dalton. You gotta you gotta bump up Bender. I mean, uh, my first share of Bender happened last night, and it was a lot of it because of what I had heard from stuff you had posted and other people had posted, which was really really beneficial when I had my draft. I mean, Bender's four years younger; he's got better stuff than Floro. He less propensity to walk people, a higher strikeout rate. 
He had 61 innings last year, 2.79 ERA as the setup guy out there. And I have a feeling Miami is going to do everything they can to try to compete in the East this year. So yeah, I think Bender has the opportunity to be a real plus closer in the league this year. Yeah, they're going to be the Marlins are going to be a fun team. They're going to give it everything they got, and they will hang around for a long time this season. I truly believe that. With that extra uh, playoff just, spot, I mean, you know, it, it's probably going to be. You know, you're looking at Atlanta and the Mets are probably the cream of the crop, but we know what the Mets always do is they underperform and no reason Miami can't sneak up in there. We know the Nationals are going to struggle. Yep. Oh, yeah, the Nationals will be, I think they'll be last in the division. Um, I took, so Ramel Tapia was traded for Randall Gritchick when we got to Vegas. That was a big trade that was announced. Tapia goes to the Blue Jays and Gritchick gets a hit. Good old Coors Field now. So <laughs> no, 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 no. No, wait, no, no. Oh, I hit the wrong one. Coors. There's that Coors. So, well, actually, this is what a lot of people would say who had Tapia probably. No, 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 no. Because he's going to be a bench player. But I decided to draft Connor Joe in round 24. And I only did it because so many people had talked so glowingly about Connor Joe, people that I admired and respect in this biz, other shows, other articles, that I solely selected Connor Joe, dearie, because of them. And I did that because I, it was my one pick where I said, you know what? I don't know everything, so I'm going to defer to everyone else on this one. But mm. I'd already taken two outfielders before that, so it was a run of three straight outfielders, which I didn't necessarily need to do, which left me with a real hole at starting pitching because I had not taken a starting pitcher since Hazelus Lizardo in round 16. <laughs> so, so I had to close out the draft with one, two, yeah, three starters out of the last five picks, and that includes Marco Gonzalez, Chris Paddock, maybe, and uh, Edward Cabrera, who I got in round 28. I really oh. like him. He looked good today, so maybe that'll play out well, but... Uh, my starting pitching here and the pitching overall is a real problem. The Rotoball projection, Rotoball, Rotolab projections. I use the Rotolab program from baseballhq.com. The projections had me second to last in this draft after it was all said and done. So pitching being a big, big, big problem for me because after those few starters I had and my closers are weak, it's just, <laughs> it just falls off a cliff. So, um, that's the Connor Joe hype machine got you, huh? Well, yeah, I should have just taken it. I, I don't regret taking him. It's just I needed to take someone else. It's not that the reasoning. It's the fact that the roster construction would have been much more conducive to an improved pitching staff if I had skipped that and taken a pitcher. So, hey, that's my bad. I make mistakes. We're all human beings. We try to do the best we can. That was my main event draft. I also will mention Michael Givens of the Cubs. I really think it's going to be the closer. I'm going to give full credit to Dave McDonald on this one, who says that Givens will be the closer in Chicago. Givens was given almost a $5 million deal. McDonald always says, Davey boy, shout out to you, Dave. He always says the money talks, and the money talks here. Givens is making more money. Rowan Wick, they don't like him. They never have liked him. So they're not going to rely on Wick. Michael Givens is going to get the shot. So I took him later in the draft as another spec closer, along with Hunter Strickland, who also signed a deal with the Reds recently. So a couple spec closers, deep sleeper closer plays there, Givens and Strickland for all you guys out there because you're always looking for more when it comes to these speculative closers. Am I right, God, Look at Look at this damn Cubs bullpen. 
Rowan Wick, David Robertson, Michael Givens, Chris Martin, Daniel Norris, Jesse Chavez is on a non-roster invite. Man, this is these guys have an average age of like 35 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sure do. Okay, God. Fuck. I want to. There's so much. Oh my God. This show is almost two hours long already. God damn it. Wow. God damn it. Wow. Uh Oh, Art Warren. Uh, Ronald says Art Warren. I like Art Warren. I drafted him in the Midnight Madness draft the night before, but uh, he went already, so I went with the Strickland pick as a, uh, you know, just an alternative. Anybody could close there except Lucas Sims. It's just so hard. It's so hard to figure out. It's so hard to figure out. I like Art Warren. I do. I drafted him in a couple leagues, but I also just want to take someone different because he was already gone. So when you have no idea who's going to close in Cincinnati, just like Deary said, it's so hard, so difficult to know. I think they got Luis Sessa over there now. Remember old yeah, Justin Wilson? Yeah, that's another guy. Maybe remember Jeff that's, Hoffman? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, oh, God. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, Jeff they, Hoffman. No, 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 no. Okay, so let's. we promised this show is called Draft Secrets. So we just did a lot of Draft Secrets. We really broke down these drafts here. But I would like to do the Draft Secrets thing real quickly. And then, again, we'll table everything else for another episode this week. What do you think? Yeah, that works. Um, I'm leaving Wednesday for Tennessee, so we would have to do something tomorrow night. Oh, you're leaving Wednesday? Yeah, we're leaving Wednesday afternoon. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're leaving Wednesday afternoon. We're staying in Kentucky for Covington, Kentucky, right across the bridge from Cincinnati. We're going to stay there at night and then drive the rest of the way Thursday morning. Ah, shit. Okay, well... Well, fuck. Okay, so tomorrow night's... Okay, Oh, we'll talk about this. So how about this... Why don't we just end the show here, and I will change the title of this to just whatever the fuck it was. A main event review, a Las Vegas review, and we'll do the draft secret still, but we'll do another episode before Deary leaves. And if we can't do it tomorrow, then uh, I'll just do a solo episode because I I know I was gone, and we got a lot going on here. There's a lot happening, so I don't want to leave you guys hanging. We tried to give you consistent coverage of fantasy baseball, and we're doing it like we do best. So, to close out the show, instead of no secrets, how about we do a little shine or ride the pine, dear? What do you say? That's not, that sounds great. You know what I'm actually going to do as well? I'm going to put up on our Discord um, some of these would-you-rathers um, that we had talked about. Don't take this guy, but take this guy instead. i got three guys that I'd like to talk about. I'll, I'll throw that up on our Discord. Um, oh, we're actually, still going to do those. Are you talking about yeah. the stayaways or the... Yeah, the stayaways. Yeah, we're well, still going to do that. But you- well, I got I got a list of like nine of them now, so it'd be perfect. Oh, okay. actually, Great, actually, cool. most of the drafts, most of the draft secrets I had down, I actually hit on uh, when we were talking about your draft. So uh, you know, talking about closers and talking about finding value later in the draft. That's true. Yeah, we we covered a lot of ground here. I don't think we even realize it. So it's important. Oh, Ronald says thanks for sharing your main event experience. Ronald, you're welcome. Play a little shiner or ride the pine with us before we leave. Let's do it. This is a classic game that Plaza listeners from the original beginning of the show, they know what it's all about. We prick a projection system. Well, hey, don't listen to me. Listen to this guy. The Palazzo Podcast presents Shine or Ride the Pine. Each week, we'll choose a random projection system. For example, Zips. And we'll find out if the Zips statistical offering is a shine or ride the pine for that specific player. We're going to determine the fates of MLB's finest and not-so-finest, all right here on the latest edition of Shine or Ride the Pine. 
Okay, Sean around the pine. Thank you very much, announcer person. So this is how we do it. We pick a projection system, like you said, and we just do Sean around the pine on the statistical offering that we are given. So I wanted to do Stopper, which is Steve Paulo's projections, which are awesome. We used them a lot last year and the year before that. But the site is currently undergoing maintenance at the moment and is unavailable. <laughs> so I guess we can't use Stopper today. What would you like to use instead, Deary? Let's go ATC. Okay. That sounds fine. ATC projections. Ariel Cohen. No problem. Shout out to you, Ariel. All right. 2022 ATC projections. Shine or ride the pine. Mookie bets. 14 steals. Ooh. Bets, 14 steals. I'm going to go shine. I'm going to ride the pine on it. I think he steals 10 to 12 this year. Okay. And I want to see the hip perform. I'm a little concerned about the hip. Maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I'm taking it way too seriously. It was just a fluke thing, and he's all good now. But I am a little concerned about it, Deary. Mild concerned at this time. Sprint, sprint uh, speed has gone down uh, each year for the last three years since 2018. Um, and then last year was, was the huge drop. So if it can bump up a little more, I mean, we're not going to see what we used to see with Mookie Betts. You ain't, you're not going to see, see uh, 25, 30 steals. Uh, 10 sounds about right, but I, I think he's going to go over that 14. I'm, I'm pegging him for 17 this year. Okay. Uh, Brandon Lau of the Tampa Rays. 33 home runs, shine, or 34, I can't read. 34 home runs, shine or ride the pine, dearie. I'm Brandon Lau. God, that's like right on the number here. Um, fuck. What did you say, 33? 34 home runs. Shine? 34. He's taking it or he's riding the pine saying he's not going to meet that number. He went on. He just went on a crazy run at the end of the season. Ended up with thirty nine. I think he's going to go under this. I think he's going to hit thirty, but just a little bit under what Ariel is projecting with thirty four. I say he goes thirty one to thirty three. So I'm going to say ride the pine. Ah, ride the pine. Okay, sometimes shit happens. That's the way it goes. Uh, did I say something? I'm going to shine that. I'm taking him to hit forty home runs. So forty home. Let's runs. do it. Let's do it. Brandon Lau, immense power in that bat. That bat speed is exciting. Christian Yelich, the often confusing, mysterious Christian Yelich, 266 batting average. Shine or ride the pine, dearie? 266 batting average for Yelich. Well, the good thing with batting average, that really won't matter how many games you play. <laughs> I mean, he could play 15 games and be batting 400 at the time. But uh, yeah, that's true. God, the last two years have been absolute shit. I mean, every year of his career from 2013 to 2019, he was way above that, closer to a 280, 290 hitters. Two consecutive years, he batted over 320. 266. I think he's going to go a little bit above that. I think he's going to have a nice bounce back this year. I, I don't think you see 600 plate appearances from him this year. No. I think they might be a little careful because I think the Brewers are going to be in a playoff race till the end this year, but I think he has a little bit of a bounce back. I haven't pegged more for like a 275 this year, so I'm going to shine. Okay, I'm going to shine it as well. I think he'll easily hit 280. I don't know how much he plays, but he can hit 280 no problem. That's very doable. How about... 
this guy, Alex Verdugo. He is pegged for 603 plate appearances. Shine or ride the pine <laughs> on 603 plate appearances for Alex Verdugo. Oh, God. Here. All right, hold on. I'll do it. A I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm riding the pine on this. I'm yeah, riding the pine. Because of where he's going to bat in this order. Well, even that, his injury history, he just will not be able to be on the field enough either. And he might platoon once in a while if it continues to go in the wrong direction. I just don't think it comes close to this, really. I think it's an easy call. 603 plate appearances for Alex Verdugo. Ride the pine. Yeah, 608, yeah. I, I, I think he's more of like a five, 560, 570 plate appearances. Okay, so you, you think he's going to platoon. Who's he going to platoon with? Uh, it's going to be um, Jaron Duran's going to be in the mix here. And sooner or later, Tristan Casas gets called up. And with Trevor Story now there, Enrique Hernandez is in the outfield. There is going to be a possibility that if all those guys are coming up and getting involved. Verdugo loses playing time. I, I don't see it. He's 25 years old. He came over in the Betts trade. I know. He's a guy who can have a have an OBP of anywhere from 350 to 360. And he's a guy who can bat 300. I actually like Alex Verdugo. He can. In certain yeah. leagues really, really well. He's not going to give you a ton of power. Might steal you maybe seven to ten bags. Uh, I don't see him losing playing time. But the problem is he's not going to bat anywhere near the top of that order. You know, with Devers and Bogarts, and now that they have Story, now he's probably going to be slotted closer to a sixth or seventh in the order, which is good for the Red Sox. You're going to have a, a guy who has hits for real nice contact and average. But yeah, sure. 600 plate appearance is going to be a lot. So I'll, I'll, I'll pine that as well. Pine that, I'm telling you, Jaron Duran. I like him a lot. Everybody was he was the darling last year for so many people, and he's just disappearing. I don't see that happening either. Well, yeah, it'd be a problem Durant for Verdugo. Maybe take over for Jackie Bradley Jr. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We'll see. All right. How about this guy? Bobby Witt Jr. Here it is. Moment of truth. Bobby Witt Jr. 20 home runs. Shine or ride the pine. Oh, man. I hate this so much because I hate speculating in guys who we have not seen major league at bats from whatsoever. I don't know. 20? I mean, it's going to be playing time. I mean, I I think he's probably breaking camp, and he's probably going to play in 140 games. I, I think it's it's very easy that we see that this year. Um, God, that's a lot of home runs for a rookie. For his power, it's not. I know, I know. It's fairly modest. Yeah, I don't think he's going to hit for the average that he saw, that we saw from him in the minors, uh, just because this will be the first time of him seeing major league pitching, but... Yep. The hit tool is there and the power is there. So I'm going to I'm gonna shine it. I, I, I say he goes 20 plus. I'm going to shine it too. If he hits 22 home runs, he's still not rookie of the year, but it's a really nice season. It's a good start. He's got all the talent in the world. It's just a matter of playing time. Anthony Gialdi's here. What's up, brother? Good to see you, my man. We just talked about you earlier in the show and said how amazing you are. So if you want to go back and listen to the beginning, it's all the Vegas stuff. You can hear that. Shout out to you, brother. <laughs> Anthony. Gave me that shirt. I gotta. I would wear that shirt, but it's got too much green on it. So with the green screen, it kind of it blends in in a bad way. All right, shot to ride the pine on Kiebert Ruiz, the Nationals' new starting catcher. Do you see Kiebert Ruiz having an OBP of three twenty eight or better? Three twenty eight OBP for Kiebert Ruiz. Shot to ride the pine. I, I, I do because he's a guy who's not going to strike out a ton. I'd like him to boost up that walk rate a little bit, but I think he's going to be able to hit for a pretty solid average 
I think he's going to be around a 270, 275 hitter. He's a guy I like. Maybe not going to give you a ton of power, but he's going to get a lot of playing time. This guy was a big-time prospect out there in L.A., and he's now moved on over to the Nationals. He's a guy who's going to be able to get on base. I think he gives you really good value for where he's going for catchers right now, especially mm-hmm. if you are in an OBP league. So I, I think his OBP is going to be pretty good this year. Mm, okay. I like what I'm hearing. Good times noodle salad. I am going to... That is low. 328 OBP for Kiebert Ruiz. I'm going to ride the pine. I think if he ends up at like a 320 OBP, it's still not great, but it's below that. So I'm going to ride the pine on it. I'm a little little dubious of Ruiz really stepping up this year. Let's see what happens first. Well, I mean, so so let's look at like his, his last couple of years. Uh, so you look at, you know, 2021 in AAA ball, 52 games, 231 plate appearance. He had an OBP of 381 the year before that. Um, you know, in, 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 or same year last year in Washington, when he went over to Washington, uh, 365 and 85 plate appearances. So it's certainly doable for him. So that's why I'm shining this one. I think, I think he's going to be closer to about a 330. Okay. Hey, you're probably right. I could be wrong. That's why we play this game. Uh, and finally we'll close it out with Dalton Varsho, man. It doesn't seem like there's any questions about Dalton Varsho at all anymore. Deary <laughs> for the 2022 season. Will Darton Varsho steal 10 or more bases? Shine or ride the pine on Darton, Darton, Darton Varsho. Darton Varsho shares their treasure bridge. Will Dalton Varsho steal 10 or more bases in 2022? Shine or ride the pine. So he's someone who is in my hype machine, and I, I talk about staying away from the hype machine, but I got my first cup of tea and my first sip of Darton, Dalton Var, Darton. Why do we keep calling him Darton? <laughs> Dalton Varsho last night in one of my leagues. Darren Dalton? Darren Dalton. There you go. Yeah. Dalton from uh, Roadhouse. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Bizarro Dalton. Um, so I, I finally got my first share of him. I took him, uh, you know, in my keeper league. I have Adley Rushman as well. Um, and, and I took him because there's a possibility of having a little bit of you know, steel potential. And guess what? He had really, really great sprint speed in, in the minors with Arizona. I feel like he's going to be getting the, the playing time. Arizona is going to be terrible this year. They're going to give him all the run this year. I I feel like I'm buying into this. I feel like 10 to 15 or 10 to 12 stolen bases seems very doable for a guy who has pretty good sprint speed. Now, he didn't have the opportunity to get much of this early on with Arizona last year, but over the last couple of months, he swiped six bases. So, I, I feel like 10 to 12 bases for Varsho is an opportunity that could happen if he gets the plate appearances. If he has 500 plate appearances, I think it's absolutely doable. Okay, there it is. Shine around the pine. Our first one of the year. Man, it was a Wait, long what, time what, coming. What are, you, what are you talking about? Are, are you going to give a shine around the pine on Varsho? You're right. You, I will. I this will. is your guy. You love this guy. I do. I loved him He's so your much. Best but I'm gonna... <laughs> I thought Ty France was my best friend. I'm going to. Ten stolen bases. Ten stolen bases. I will shine that. I think his season could be terrible and he could still steal 10 bases. Shine it. Shine it. Shine it. There you go. Shine it. Ride the pine. The first one we've done in forever. And that's just the beginning. We got more. We got more and we got more there's always going to be more here on the plaza podcast two l's two z's thank you so much we did a two-hour show today talking about vegas and talking about our the drafts and deary's drafts and what's going on over there we've got a lot more to cover 
and we'll try to do it best we know how. We thank you so much for listening, for watching, for giving us your time and energy. We love doing this show. Thanks to everybody out there. Uh, thanks to Greg and Tom and Derek and those guys from NFBC. Shout out to you guys. There you go. A unified shout for putting on that Vegas weekend. It was very cool, and I'm really grateful that I got to meet so many damn people all at once. It was a whirlwind. It was, imagine a first-person POV camera shot of it. It was just like some of those cameras where it looks really narrow, and it's weird. And like, remember that movie, uh, oh, I Can't Hardly Wait? It's kind of like that. Just imagine if you had to talk to every person in that movie at the party that night. That's kind of like it, what it was. And I'm grateful for that. Still had a good time. Me and Jerry love doing the show. We love you guys. Until then, for Christopher Deary, I'm Michael Govier, MJ Govier, C. Deary1999 on Twitter. We'll have the Prospect Show tomorrow, and we're going to try to do another episode before Deary heads for Nashville. Nashville? Gatlinburg. Gatlinburg, sorry. just That's where Jack Daniels is. Is it? Oh, yeah, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, Jack Daniels oh, Distillery. Okay. Yep, Great. it is. Maybe we'll go there. I hate, I hate <laughs> Jack Daniels, but maybe we'll go there anyways. You're going to be right there, so I don't know. I, I don't know if it'll be that cool or not, but... It might be inevitable. All right. Thanks, everybody. We're out of here. We'll catch you guys next time on the Palazzo Podcast. All right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> 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 <laughs>